1: You know, I, I get told sometimes that I, I got to stay in my lane. That's a LeVar ball thing, right? Stay in your lane. And I've been out of my lane for a while, guys. I got to tell you, we talked about it a little bit last night with Chris Solari, Michigan State beat writer for basketball and football. And you know, I, I had to get back on track. I had to talk more Michigan State. Uh, it's been too Michigan-oriented recently. We had John Bacon, Chris Castellani. We had Anthony Broom. It, it became like the Michigan hour. I was starting to think I got to take my shit off the wall and start putting a little Wolverine squirrel in the background. But we're back. We're back on track to Michigan State. And it was great last night. It's going to be great tonight. I appreciate you joining us. Look, I'm not doing some long intro. There was a great episode I did. I did this 15-minute introduction one night. I can't remember the episode, but it was brilliant. It was the most wonderful thing anyone has ever done ever on any broadcast. And I get a text message from David Klein afterwards saying, hey, hey, man, great episode, but a little advice. Cut down the intro. It's too long. So in his honor tonight, since he is joining me, I'm not going to do a long intro other than saying hello and welcome to the Spiro Avenue show. We have David Klein and Justin Thind. Welcome back to both you guys.
0: Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Glad to be here next to the Caramel Prince of MSU football. <laughs> is Mr. that the Gordon. name? I have, I have not I heard it. I don't know. That. I just, I, you know. I was thinking of workshop. having
1: uh, <laughs> I was thinking of having those like kind of growth chart looking height chart things that they have at 7-11 so they can catch the perp. This is the tallest conglomeration of a Michigan <laughs> State a grouping other than the basketball team probably ever. I'm like the, the shrimp in here at 6-4, I feel like. But uh, the height aside, these are some brilliant minds uh, here. And this is a great time because there's a lot going on. And I, I think we'll start with – what I would argue is probably the biggest thing going on right now with Michigan State. We are in the immediate wake of signing day. I talked about it last night with Chris Solari. I acknowledge the importance of signing day. I acknowledge the importance of recruiting generally. I'm not one of those, you know, oh, recruiting's overrated. Like it's obviously critical. I'm also not obsessive about it. I like to just let guys like you handle it, Justin. <laughs> let you worry about it and at the end i'll come back and read the recap that you write or the recap that chris solari writes so that's kind of where i'm at so today i'm reading the write-ups of what michigan state did how they fared i haven't really gotten your take on it yet because it's behind the paywall and i bet the farm on alabama to beat memphis money line the other night against Imani Bates, and i lost so i can't afford your services so that's i haven't a good get- bet good bet yeah. Tell my kids that. I'm pulling them out of private school after that. So uh, it was not a good bet. But Imani Bates had nothing to do with that loss, by the way. 15 minutes, he didn't do jack shit. But I'm, uh, I digress.
2: If they played him 30, then it'd be a good bet.
1: Yeah, there you go. I don't know. I, I'm taking way too much pleasure in that not going well in Memphis. But that's a little bit of a digression. So because I haven't ponied up for your content yet, I, I'll get to it. And I'm already a member. I'm just fucking with you. Tell me, how did this go? I mean, because you're—I think you're the preeminent guy right now for this stuff, which is crazy because you're like 12 years old. But looking at you know the dust has settled that that tackle that was flirting with us and ended up back in Vincent Morrow's arms—that's gone. That's done. He's there. Big picture, how did it go yesterday?
2: So I think it went great, and the reason that I say that is because. So if you only look at yesterday and you didn't follow recruiting a day before that, and you're just like, okay, today we have two guys, one's Armani Winfield, one's Camt good, and we didn't get either of those. It was a disaster. If you look at it that way, sure, it was underwhelming. But if you look at who signed and what they have done in the last 12 months, who they got, when they got them, because keep in mind, most of this class was put together back when they still just had a 2-5 and record to look at. Most of these commits committed back in the summer. And they landed a, right now it's 21st. We'll see what happens here by late signing day. But Mel Tucker's landed a top 21, let's say top 25 class when it's all said and done. In his second year here, coming off a two and five season, not even counting who he's going to get in the portal. And he's landed more 24-7 sports, four stars this year than in the last four years combined at Michigan State. What he has done here is an indicator of future success once they put sustained winning out on the field. And I think that anyone looking at this, there's no way that you can um, have anything but excitement for what's to come if these 10-win seasons sort of continue.
1: So, like, grades tend to be overrated. But, I mean, given in context. Yes. Which is important. Mm -hmm. An A-plus doesn't mean it was as good as any class in the country. Right. Given the context of where he was at. Is this an A, an A-plus, a B? Where where are we at?
2: I would say it's an A-minus just because of the fact that there was an opening to make it an A and land Kante Goodwin yesterday and today, and it didn't happen. But if if let's say Kante wasn't in the picture and expectations don't naturally get elevated throughout the course of this recruitment, and he was just never in the fold, I would have given this an A. There's no reason that coming off a two and five record, you should be landing the second best recruiting class in like the last eight years of Michigan State. But Tucker did that, and um, yeah, like I said, they had the chess pieces on the board at the end to make this a top. 15 class didn't happen. So at the end, there's a little anticlimactic finish, but this is a class that way exceeded expectations given where they are in the timetable of the rebuild.
1: The Goodwin thing—did you follow this, David? The Goodwin? Mm, oh, I did. I, yep. This thing had more.
2: I was in a group chat with
1: these guys, and it was—it <laughs> was hot. It
0: was. I don't know really
1: about this group chat. I, I feel very left out now. I feel like the the Matt Sheehan and <laughs> response it. I'm, I'm like, there was. A, I don't watch that cartoon. Is it SpongeBob looking we'll out the window, all sad. Like, I feel like that guy now. But like, I—I I, I don't know. This is more your thing, man, than mine. Yeah. Like that thing had more delays and stalls in the Mayweather-Pacquiao fight. Like mm-hmm. it was just like, oh, it's going to happen. It's, yeah. it's targeted for fall 2011. And it's like now it's spring. <laughs> and it's like the, the guy pushed it back seven times. Do you know anything of the yes. mechanics of that? What yes. was going
2: on there? Why the 17 delays? So what had, what had happened here was he, his recruitment was handled by Chris Vaughn of Aspirations Gym down in Louisville. And this guy's a bit of a marketing uh, guru, I guess. He knows what he's doing when it comes to this stuff. So first he signed uh, Kanta Goodwin up for the Takis signing day event down at the Cowboys practice facility for the morning of signing day. They had not come to a decision at this point because the kid was genuinely torn throughout this entire process. And proof of that is the fact that he took two visits to Michigan State on his own dime before this official visit this past weekend. So the interest there was really genuine. They appeared at this event in Texas completely undecided by plan, knowing they had more time in that day to make the announcement with 24-7 and Steve Wiltfunk. So they did their early morning sham, smart move there, got some viewers out of that, built up suspense out of both fan bases throughout the day. Then coming into their five o'clock announcement, which was supposed to be at three o'clock, they still were undecided. But now they had to announce because they did not want to delay twice on a public announcement. But the kid was still genuinely torn. He was still talking to both coaching staffs. He was uncommitted, genuinely still didn't know what he wanted to do, but he had to commit somewhere. So committed to the school he was already committed to, reaffirmed that commitment, and then still was giving both coaches full opportunity to continue to recruit him. We kind of found out um, a few hours after uh, he announced his commitment at 5 5 p.m., Corey Robinson, who's my colleague at 24-7 Sports, he's like, Hey, you know, he still hasn't signed, right? There's no tweet from the Kentucky account. Then we started diving into it. Then we started poking around, asking people. And yeah, Michigan State was working the phones nonstop last night. Right after Tucker left Tom Izzo's radio show where he tried his hand at the accordion, uh, Tucker went back to Duffy Doherty. These guys were on the phone all night, all day today, even an hour before he signed. Him, Coach Cap, all these guys are working nonstop. At the end of the day, he didn't want to leave home. Nobody was forcing his hand. His trainer that was handling the recruitment, he was all in favor of Michigan State. His mom wasn't holding him back, but just the comfort level of him leaving home, that just could not be that they could not supersede that with any other factors in this recruitment.
1: I don't get the Kentucky thing. Does it make sense to either of you?
2: He lives like 40 minutes away. No, 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 and big picture though. Oh, I'm not talking about no, in this I don't case. get it. No.
1: Because Vince, Vince Marrow is like the, the Jesus Christ recruiter. Bulletproof. I, I looked it up because I felt very petty this afternoon. And I had to say something mean to the Kentucky fans that were, like, stomping on our graves about this recruitment. It's like, I, they haven't won their conference since 1976. I was 11 years away from conception. Like, and that was shared. I, I don't get how Kentucky, every, every time I woke up, I, maybe I'm wrong. You don't but, get it? <laughs> well, <laughs> Come on. is there that much of a bag in Kentucky football? Basketball, I'm with you. Football? I don't get it. Doesn't everyone have a bag now? How is Kentucky like the ninth ranked class this year? The next year, it's the 12th. Like it's Kentucky.
2: They haven't done anything. It's a combination of, of certain things that entice deals to get done along with the inroads and connections and charisma that Vince Morrow has. So that's why he's he's a guy that schools all over the place. One is it's not just the resources he has, but it's also who he is how good he is at connecting with people and combining those two elements. And that's why he's one of the highest paid assistants in the SEC. It's why Kentucky has these eight, nine win seasons they shouldn't be having because, like you said, I don't get the appeal of Kentucky whatsoever. So he's a unique individual in terms of he is everything you want out of a recruiter and he gets things done. I don't know.
1: If you had to put one on your payroll, equal pay, you take Vince Morrow or Odell Breton Jr.?
2: Oh, I will take, take Odell. Odell. I take Odell. I'm not
1: trading. I mean, I'm sure Burrow's. He's
0: great, out there working for free right yeah, now. Yeah. So what are you saying?
2: What are they doing? Hire this guy.
1: I I've said it publicly. Michigan State should hire this guy. He has like seven thousand followers based on nothing other than like pimping out Michigan yep. State. It's like a, it's 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 the greatest one trick
2: one trick pony Chief ever. Chief of propaganda. He has yeah. it in the title. Oh yeah, yeah. he's a, a legend. Yeah, he leans right um, into it. He's yeah. the best. But. Brett, if you need a letter of recommendation, we got you. Yeah,
1: I, it's insane that he would even co-sign. Yeah. I mean, it's the one criticism I'll have of Tucker. It's like, is like, how's that guy not got kind of a phone call yet? Yeah, like, it's, you know, maybe he has. Maybe he's turned down seven figures for all I know. But, uh, okay. So, this, for those that don't know, I mean, we're talking about I mean, what was he, a top 15 prospect that's offensive yeah. tackle? He
2: is a surefire NFL first round draft pick unless he has injury issues. He is the closest sure thing you'll have to a franchise left tackling college. So, this is
1: what's kind of interesting to me. So, and we'll use this as the transition. They're going after. This type of player. Yep. This is something we saw D'Antonio do once, and they all ended up on the the docket at the, the 54B district court in, <laughs> in, in East Lansing. We won't go there today. That's a different story. So I was reading Colton Pouncy, who uh my opinion, top five sports trader in the country right mm-hmm. now. I mean, yeah. just he's fantastic, yeah. And I'm not that nice of a guy, Justin. I don't, I'm not like Odell. <laughs> blows up all these guys. Like, uh, I, if I don't like you, I'm not going to say something like yeah. that. Like, he's
2: fantastic. Yeah, he is.
1: So I'm reading Colton Pouncy today from The Athletic, and, and we pulled this quote. So, uh, Ben, let's, let's start there. And then I'm going to transition to the Mel Tucker quote from the same article. This is Colton Pouncy today. For anyone not used to Michigan State going after high-end talent, get used to it. Michigan State will continue to be in battles for these five-star players, and the hope moving forward is that it will win its share. That transitions directly into the Mel Tucker quote from the same story, Ben, if we can lose the logo there. Quote, we believe the 23, uh, 2023 class is going to be very strong for us. We already have strong name recognition with the prospects, their families, and their coaches. We're going to be able to get in on more of the very, very top players in the country than we did before. We'll get in on the five-star guys and stay in it. That's Mel Tucker. So, well, this is what we were told when this guy was hired, that this guy's the, this guy's the recruiter. I mean, this, he's the ultimate recruiter. He's the ultimate salesman. He's fantastic in this lane. He's saying it publicly. Colton Pouncy, the top high sports in the country, saying this is what they're going to do. We saw how close they got to a guy you're saying is a yep. surefire barring injury first-round draft pick in three mm-hmm. years. Do you buy that they'll get there? I believe that they're going for it. Do you Mm -hmm. think they can get there? Because in my lifetime, yeah, the Charles Rodgers pop up every now, every five years, seven years, surefire top ten guy. But that's not been Michigan State where year after year you have at least one or two five-star guys. Mm -hmm. God forbid more. I mean, that's what Bama does. Mm -hmm. Do you think this is actually going to manifest in result? Because close is great, but Central Michigan signed this tackle the same way Michigan State did in the last 24 hours.
2: If Keonta Goodwin lived two hours north, he'd be going to Michigan State. So that's how close Tucker was to already getting there after one good season. So I do believe, without a doubt, Michigan State will be recruiting at a level higher than they've ever recruited. And Mel Tucker will land a five-star in the next class or two. And once the first one comes and it becomes something that five-stars across the nation start to see as normal, that is something that will follow. I was talking to a 2023 uh, defensive back earlier today, Ryan Yates, all the way down in Denton, Texas, goes to Denton Geyer. He was telling me how starstruck he was for from seeing Coach Tucker on the sideline of his practice. This is a kid that never grew up rooting for Michigan State, never grew up rooting for the Georgia team that Tucker is a DC for, simply just sees, okay, there's Mel Tucker. That guy's the one that's making $95 million. That's the guy that I see on Twitter all the time on private jets. That's a dude that has a long resume. Man, he's at my practice and he's starstruck. That's the effect he's had after one good season. And everything Tucker does is intentional. He's a branding genius. And if he can get one or two more of these seasons, there will be recruits coming to Michigan State that you've never seen come to Michigan State. Is
0: that the biggest thing? I don't mean to interrupt you, but just the geographic reach to be able to see, right? We were very much a Midwest regional type recruiting program. And now what we've seen is... He's going into the South and being able to pull kids from there, both in the transfer portal as well as the high school kids. And I think that that's the biggest difference where the whole nation is being recruited yeah. versus what we were before and maybe even what we are currently still in basketball, which is, for the most part, a regional recruiting mm-hmm. program. Right.
1: I mean, ben, mm-hmm. I'll give you a second because I'm going to bargety bark for a second. But Ben, if you have that Barry Alvarez quote from last night, That'd be a good thing to pull for this context. But, look, I've been so impressed because I've said, honestly, the same thing with the basketball program for years. It's like I love that we kill it in Indiana. Like Gary Harris was a lot of fun pulling him in, you know, the Midwest guys. I love that, but it does bother me that every time there's some guy from, like, California. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying there's never been an exception ever. But 99% of the time, Israel's not even on these guys' top five. The football program, even more so, other than Georgia. Georgia, you know, Denard, obviously – uh, being the best one, but there mm-hmm. were a few guys from Georgia that were fantastic. But it always bothered me that Michigan State didn't really seem that interested in with either program aggressively recruiting nationally. He's there now, right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. apparent. Yep. And I I think that's where uh, – okay, here's the Barry Alvarez quote. So we talked about this last night with Solari. This is one of my favorite recruiting quotes ever. Barry Alvarez, longtime coach of Wisconsin and was also their AD. Our heart and soul will come from Wisconsin. Our hands and feet better come from somewhere else. And that's a great way to put it because it's like, look, yeah, Wisconsin has some guys. But if you want to win Rose Bowls, like Wisconsin was wanting to do for quite some time, especially under Barry Alvarez, you better be getting guys from Georgia, Texas, California. Not regularly, but you better mix them in. Tucker seems to embody that, does he not? You
2: You know what my favorite fact about this class is? There are more guys from the state of Georgia than there are from the state of Michigan. It's, you, it's unbelievable. You keep doing that, you're hanging Big Ten banners. You get seven, eight guys from Georgia every year, you're set. I know I know. D'Antonio is getting lots of guys from Georgia too, but to the point where it is the highest um, a state that you're recruiting from, that is unreal. And guys down there love Mel Tucker from his short sin as a DC at Georgia. I've been talking to assistant coaches down there, high school coaches. Those guys, they just... Mel is the guy that they see as the prototypical kid. They want to send their players to specifically defensive players. And uh, Georgia is going to be hit hard. Louisiana is going to be hit hard. They're looking to most likely have a South Florida influence for the 10th coaching vacancy, if possible. They don't want to force it, but that's a a flavor they're trying to encompass with that hire. Mm -hmm. So this is a theme that will only accentuate even more as they win. You're on
1: on this rare island where there's very few people that talk to both sides. There's people that are on the uh, Michigan State side. They know how the administration or the football operation works. And then there's the flip side of there's people that are on the high school circuit for basketball. They're on the AAU circuit. They're plugged in there. You talk to both sides. I know you do. What, from your understanding, from having talked to both sides, is the Mel Tucker pitch? I get, I saw him on Twitter. I see him on private planes. That's, I can see that. Justin Spiro can see that. Justin Spiro's not getting recruited to play <laughs> nickel corner for Mel Tucker anytime soon. What, what is his pitch? What is he telling? Oh, and his staff as an extension fan. Yeah, yeah, what, what's the sales pitch?
2: That you get what you see at Michigan State. This is a guy, Mel Tucker, when he comes and he sits in. I had a, I had a signee's parent text me this a few weeks last week when Tucker was on the road. He said the Mel Tucker that they saw on campus uh, when they did their official visit was the exact same Mel Tucker they got for three hours in their living room down in Georgia this past week. This is a guy that he comes down there, he comes into your home, and you will never be able to tell he's a football coach. He's a guy you can just sit down for three hours with and have lunch. And that's something that he said that he could not say about any of the other 33 coaches that offered his son. So this is a guy that also then portrays his program in the same way and people believe it. They know that this is a genuine guy who sat with me for four hours, like a regular dude and his program will have the same family atmosphere and someone we can go count on sending our son there and he'll be comfortable, won't get homesick, won't want to transfer. And it's just one of those genuine dude type of things, that vibe that he gives off. So when he says something like your kid's going to have every opportunity to play here, we're going to treat him like our own son. We're going to focus on his development. People believe that because of what they've gotten to know Mel Tucker as throughout all these interactions. So the pitch might not be that much different than everyone else, but the effectiveness comes from the persona that he has built up through his interactions with them.
1: He's sure sheer force of personality, right? Mm-hmm. So he's a genuine guy. Yep. He's not going to go down south and I don't know what coach would ever do this, but like pretend to have a southern accent like <laughs> <for example. laughs> because nobody would ever do that. but. You know, that may be a cartoonish example, but yeah, I know. But the Brian Kelly thing, look, for the record, I think Brian Kelly's a hell of a coach. There's probably not 10 better in the country on the national, the college level. If you have Mel Tucker walking into your house and then Brian Kelly's the next day, like just the guy. Take mm-hmm. the program out of it. Right. How do you how do you go to Brian Kelly? Like it, it just the to me, Mel Tucker, if you're a kid, I mean, mm-hmm. I get it maybe the dad'll like Brian Kelly more. Mm-hmm. But if you're a 17, 18-year-old kid, 16-year-old kid, Mel Tucker's got a lot of uh for lack of a better term, kind of sex appeal. Like the like
0: swag is probably how s- we'd say it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: swag, yeah. Yeah, just he's got he's got a lot of uh, a lot to sell mm-hmm. just to a kid. I just I'm so impressed with what he's done. But you're you're a buyer in this stuff. Like you you're you're the expert in this lane, but just David who's more of the the basketball side of the, the expertise. You're kind of I'd say at my level on the football side. Aren't you pretty optimistic big picture cuz we get made fun of like the the Royal Michigan State we we get made fun of for like buying into this stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm a buyer. I think he's actually going to have this this program in the college football playoff and not lose by 100 points.
0: Yeah, I think when he came out and said that he thinks that Michigan state is capable of winning a national championship at here, right after what we've seen and you know, the experience that we had the first go around in the college football playoff, which did not go obviously as we hoped. Um, But I think the way that he's carried himself and how he's spoken is what he truly believes. Like he's not, putting fluff into the fan base he thinks that they can win they can make another college football playoff they can win a national championship here and he's starting to go out and do it and it's going to be built brick by brick um but i think that this was obviously a very good start i just like that the administration ponied up and we we we're finally sitting at the big boy table and that's the thing that maybe i took away the most it's it's the money that they were waiting to pay him but also to pay the assistance for the upgrades to the facilities like for so long, Michigan State's been on that second tier. And to say, like, no, you're not going anywhere. We're going to pay you for 10 years and $90 million. Like, you're not going anywhere. Like, I, th- I think that that was just a step up to the plate moment for the entire program and the university in itself. And I think it really changes the way that Michigan State should be viewed nationally. And a lot of people are pushing back on it because they don't want to see us at the table. Mm-hmm. So I think all around I'm I'm very, very excited. I'm I'm bought in 100 percent on that. Like you said, I'm more of the the basketball guy than the football guy. I'm getting my information from Justin and everybody else, but I'm in for sure.
1: Yeah, it, it's just it's so exciting. And like and Michigan State, the institution, got us about 65, 70% of the way there in terms of the money, 75 whatever it is. I haven't done the math. Yeah. And then, you know, the boosters came in and pushed them over the top. But if Michigan State doesn't make that initial commitment where he was the 11th highest paid coach in the country without any phone calls to Ishbia or St Andre then they're not in a position to give him the raise and go with their hand out to yeah. you know those guys so they get credit, credit, both those guys, right? Oh, yeah. stepping oh.
0: up to the plate yeah. and to be able to have backers in the university yep. to yeah. step up and say, we're not letting you go anywhere because we know what the eventual outcome of you yeah. sticking around is. I, I think that was a huge thing, too. So credit both of them for yeah. yes. writing the check to knowing that this is best for the university as a whole, because the way that the you know university works is a trickle down effect. The money comes in through the program and what they paint out is going to come 10 times down through the program over the years that he's a coach. So the
2: increase in applications just from beating Michigan was a huge boost to the university as a whole. So it all goes hand in hand.
1: Yeah, and I hate like the fuddy-duddies. Someone tweeted at me a couple of days ago. Like that money should be going to the science department. It's like the science department doesn't generate any revenue. Like I it, they are funded. They're very well funded, by the way. Like Michigan State's an incredible research university. I hate the fuddy-duddy stuff. I'm all on board. Everything that they're doing. There's nothing that I don't like what they're doing. Yep. So I think um, the, uh, who was it? Coward. It was Colin Coward. Came out and said, they're, you, the big boy table thing. They are going from tier two to tier one. I don't know, Bama, that's probably a little ambitious. But I think they can regularly be every third year, either in the playoff or One week to go, one game to go, they're on the doorstep. I I think that's highly attainable. Is that right?
2: Do you remember what Clemson was before Davos Sweeney? They were a lot
1: worse than Michigan State's been uh, the last 10 years, other than the the lowest of the low.
2: You know what blueprint Clemson followed to become who they are? They found a little bit of success. They recruited like crazy, kind of like Mel Tucker's doing now. And once they got near the top, they put tons of money into their program and made it a sustainable program. That's the blueprint that's, that they're trying to follow here. So you start to sniff the playoff and then you double down one more time. They have a huge facility coming out pretty soon. You can start to follow the Clemson model and not be a blue blood, not be a powerhouse and transform yourself into one throughout that Clemson model. And I I don't want to give a number of how many playoff appearances I think you can get. Plus it'll, it'll drastically change if there's an expansion, but the blueprint is out there now. Do what Clemson did. Do what Dabo Sweeney did, where you just get every penny you can at the first sign of success. And you can build a sustainable winning power in this era of the arms race.
1: And say what you want. Look, I have a painting of Mark D'Antonio commissioned on my wall. I have two giant pictures of him on my walls. So of love Mark D'Antonio. But the program, the university as a whole, D'Antonio's era was a half measure. Not in terms of him. He was fantastic. But the investment in the program, mm. the facilities, the money particularly allocated to the assistants, it was a half-measure program financially. And with that half-measure, they got uh, they arguably the best team in the country in 2013. They got to the college football playoff in 2015. They derailed two undefeated Ohio State teams that were the favorites or co-favorites in Vegas to win it at the time they beat them, once at a neutral site, once in the horseshoe. If they could get relatively pretty goddamn close, mm-hmm. where you could make an argument where they were, I mean, they finished AP second in, in the country in 2013. Yep. A lot of people thought college football playoff era, that team would, we'd be talking about the national champions right, right now. If they could get there, not half ass is selling them short. They weren't half assing it, but they weren't doing it like this. They didn't have this many chips in the center. That, I think, is the best argument. What people are acting like it's insane. For Michigan State to be in this conversation yeah they were on the door knocking on the door outside of the nightclub already
2: yeah. doing half this stuff yeah and D'Antonio um, so I had a Curtis Daniel on my show who Twitter name is Freddie lock he's one of the Georgia point of contacts for Mel Tucker and coach D he said that when coach D and him talk about their efforts with donors now present day One of D'Antonio's regrets is he did not get everything squeezed out of the lemon back when they were at the top. So D'Antonio is now like fully on board with helping Tucker get this money because he knows he kind of missed out on some opportunities back then. So he's aware of that. So it's not unfair criticism at all for us to talk about that in that regard. So you're absolutely right. If they would have gotten everything out of that 2013, 2015 kind of run, Maybe you don't have the fall off with the uh, recruiting and you don't have the talent fall to where it is even after the the Blackwell stuff. So, yes, you're absolutely right. They have gotten to their uh, gotten to that stage on the field in terms of success. They just didn't get all the money out of it while they were up there. And now you have a coach that will get the money fully invested in the program. If he just gets to the level that Michigan State already got to within the past decade.
1: Well, I know it's, it's passe to say now it's maybe even taboo, but uh, hug a billionaire near you today. So hug, hug your favorite <laughs> billionaire because that's the only reason this guy's still here and thank God for that. Before we move on, one last bit on this whole recruiting, signing day, and also you could attach a transfer portal to it. For the love of God, please tell me the secondary has been addressed in some fashion.
2: Secondary is in the prog- process oh, of getting a done. you No, 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 no. So, so right <laughs> now. I'm going back to the bar. I'll be back. <laughs> but, yeah. So right now, uh, I think they're shooting for seven or eight total transfer uh, additions. They've gotten four. And they're actively looking for cornerbacks, offensive tackles, maybe another defensive end, maybe another safety. But that is what their primary target is for this last half of the portal class. Along with, I love the defensive back pickups they got coming out of high school. Not all of them will play as freshmen, but I believe there are about three guys that will play. And Charles Brantley in the last year's class was a guy that I thought would play right away. He was banged up for most of the year, so we didn't really get to see what a true Charles Brantley freshman season is like. But there's a guy in this class, Caleb Coley, three-star from Georgia, which if you know me, that's all you need to hear. Three-star from Georgia, you're you're perfect. That's that's solid. So he's a guy that I think will have a Charles Brantley kind of fresh in rear or better if he's healthy. So right now you're already looking at Charles Brantley at one side of corner, maybe Caleb Coley, but you don't really need to rely on him. And if you can get a portal stud to put at cornerback one on the other side, then you have portal corner, you have Charles Brantley, then you have Ronald Williams battling for one of the backup spots, and you're at a pretty good spot there. So I need them to get one portal corner. And Xavier Henderson sounds like he might be coming back. Mm. Needs to improve coverage skills, especially with what we saw in November. But he was in very bad shape physically by then. He was banged up like crazy. Angelo Gross, we'll see. I'd like to see maybe Jaden Mangum step in, true freshman, play at free safety, maybe move Gross Gross closer to the line, move Snow back. But there are pieces there that if they can get one or two additions, the entire room will be much, much better.
1: And I think the linebacking core, what they've done there, huge. Like, I, I know Crouch had some issues in coverage, but very good on the other side. He, Do you buy that he's, he's leaving? Because I've heard that rumor. Uh,
2: so, uh, I, so you know, but you don't want to <laughs> say it.
1: Let's let's let me put it this way. Various Crouch, a uh, linebacker that was transferred in the last year from was it? Tennessee? Tennessee.
2: Yes. Tennessee. Yeah. So Q Crouch is a guy. He, when he was at Tennessee, his linebacker's coach was the guy that got deals done. He was not a, he was not a coach. He was a guy that was there for recruiting purposes. Right. John Calpar. Yeah. He, before that in high school, was mostly a running back. When he got to Michigan State, that was his first time finally having a real linebacker's coach. With that said, he had all the tools. He had all the athleticism. Finally got coaching you would think that he would he would embrace coaching a little bit better than he did. And a lot of those breakdowns that were happening on the field, let's just say they were not because of the play call and they're because of the play execution. And after you've given someone enough chances, you'd like to see things go a different way. And the Maryland game that he missed and the Penn State game that he missed You start putting two and two together and things were just not satisfactory for the coaching staff. We'll see what happens here. The reason that it's tricky is because if he if he is asked to leave or if he decides to leave, you have the NFL. What I don't see anybody really drafting him with the tape that he has right now, to be honest, or you transfer again. And this time you have to sit out a year. So I don't see a way out for him, but at the same time, he there's a lot that needs to change there. Yeah. So that's I don't, I'm not making any predictions of what's going to happen. And he he's a he's a good athlete. You just got to develop him a little more as long as he's willing to embrace that. But the like you said with the transfers, that linebacker, they're set right there. That windman
1: man from UNLV. Mm-hmm. I was pulling up his state. This guy's a wrecking
2: ball. Violent. <laughs> yeah. Violent. I love that yeah. guy. Yeah. He's gonna be a
1: Spartan him, for sure.
2: Yeah, him, Holiday, and uh creme Brule. Aaron Brule. To, that, that creme yep. brulee guy is supposed to be good. Yep. yeah I think you put all three of those guys at linebacker out on the field. You put one of them on the line. So it's still a 4-2 if you look at it from afar, but really the personnel is 3-3 down there at the box. One of them just exclusively as an edge rusher, you're you're gonna get pressure on the quarterback, which alone should help the secondary.
1: I I, I lied. One more thing. Yes.
0: I gotta ask a question too. Jump in yes. so,
2: yeah.
1: No, yeah, okay.
0: my question was. How many years does Scotty Hazelton have to show that the defense? Can this is be a good question. First year, that's because, exactly where
1: I was going. Okay. so we're good. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. we talked about that last day. Yeah. I know you would never miss a second of my show. How much
0: of it was but. personnel, and how much of it was
1: was it schematics, or yeah. was it, it was okay like coaching? So, or was, it, was it the yeah. players? I mean, the personnel.
2: So, so here's what I'll say. So, if you watch the Miami game, which is where a lot of the frustration from people started, because guys like Charleston Rambo, they were they were killing us on the edge. What he did in that game, regardless of how it frustrated and made the fans, that's exactly what he needed to do in that game. He needed to play cushion coverage 10 yards back, um, making sure everything stayed in front. They didn't give up any deep balls. Miami had to actually work for every drive. That was perfect. But at some point, once you start playing Michigan, once you start playing Purdue, once you start playing Ohio State, you need to get extra aggressive with blitzing. You cannot, you just did not have the healthy guys at safety. Xavier Henderson was way too beat up to be covering guys in the slot against Ohio State. You just have to be extra reckless with your blitzing. If Ohio State's scoring on every single drive, you're not doing very well. So change something up. So there are flaws with his scheme by the end of the year. But when the frustration originally started, I do think it was unfair. Now, what I go back to is when he was at Kansas State, He was a guy that had a top 10, maybe top 12 defense in the nation. That's very hard to do in the Big 12. Very hard to do because those guys they run and gun that's the air raid. He should not, nobody should ever have a top 12 defense in the Big 12. That's why Jim Knowles just got hired by Ohio State. What did it what start did.
0: at when he got there? Do you know? Before it was he bad, got there? it was outside of the six. six. Yeah. And he did it yeah. at yeah. Buffalo, so. too. Yeah,
1: well, right. it was Buffalo he was at, right?
2: Uh, I want to say it was North Dakota State. Maybe he was at Buffalo at some point, I but he went was, from North Dakota State okay. to Kansas State, at wherever maybe.
1: it was. Yeah, it, I'm not saying they had a top 10 defense, yeah. but at both of his stops before Michigan yeah. State. The year before he got there, they were terrible. Significant increases. And they got up. They yeah. were like 70 rankings higher. Right. So it's so, like, we're firing this guy right? That's yeah. what I was getting to. I talked yeah. about it with sorry last night. Just search on Twitter. Fire Scott Hazelton. Yeah. I, your computer might crash. Yeah. It's insane. I, I defended him publicly. I, yeah. I'm sorry. If he does suck. Mel Tucker would fire his yeah. son. Mm-hmm. Like, I, this guy doesn't care. If yeah. you're not getting it done, we'll yeah. talk about one person he blew out off the staff that I know about that you may not, I found out a little bit more. If you're not getting it done, he doesn't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. You, you're out of there. I don't care if you're the, the, an usher or his DCOC. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I trust Tucker to assess that. Yeah. But I also genuinely think Hazleton's good. He, I think he has yeah. chops. The it,
0: window, three years? Is oh, it two less.
1: years? It's okay. less than three. So
2: okay. I would give him... I would. Well, this one year, or two. This next year, the yeah. third year, is that what? That's you're what saying? I'm saying. Yeah, yes, yeah. So this is year one. So with yes. COVID, so this is year one. So up to year three. Yes. Yes. yes, yes. So he has two next year years.
0: still implementing, still getting your own guys to come in and run the system. Yeah. I would assume year three is make or break time. Either the defense starts looking much better, yes. or it's yeah.
2: Here's what I'll say about Scotty. The resume he had when Mal Tucker hired him in terms of production was as good as you could hope for. So if you fire Scotty Hazelton, who do you hire? And does that guy look like a better candidate on day one than Scotty did when you hired mm-hmm. him? I would say most likely not. The guy that I want to see Michigan State hire, hopefully down the road, is Doug Belk, the DC at Houston. But he's a guy that last year was his first year of calling plays. And he had the eighth best total defense in the nation. Mm-hmm. But how is that different than what Scotty had at Kansas State? So, like, you see, everyone looks like the perfect candidate while they're having success. But you give them Chester Kimbrough and some of these guys, they don't have such a good season. Everyone looks, they don't look the same. So he needs another season. Um, I don't believe they had the 130th best talent-wise defensive backs in the nation. So there's some valid criticism there. They they might be hundred eighteenth hundred fifteen, so yeah. it was bad. That was kind that's of
1: debunked, though. I mean that that was that that hundred thirtieth out of one thirty thing was debunked. That's true. Because that's true. their defensive efficiency against the pass was like fifty eighth mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. Not good, but yeah, by definition, true. middle of the pack. So like, that's a little bit. Yeah, it is misleading. The whole he literally had the worst defense. Like that's just not true. Mm -hmm. It's just not true. Like if Michigan State's moving the ball up and down the field, which some games they did, and there were some shootouts, it's not the same as a Georgia Tech or Army or something. Mm -hmm. But whatever, I we'll 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 leave there. I just I like him. I like the acumen. I didn't see anything. I'm not saying there were no qualms. No Mm coach is perfect, but. I didn't see like, oh, my God, Scotty's been blowing this entire third quarter. Right. What is he doing? I didn't yeah. have that moment. And I actually yeah. had some moments like that with Narduzzi, who I always defended. And yeah. everyone wanted him gone. Yeah. So we'll move on. Mm-hmm. I want to talk uh, uh, talk about a topic that's sad for me, frankly. I have to say it like this. It's, it's heartbreaking. Former Michigan State football player Kenneth Walker mm. III, that sucks mm. to say. It was not. It was, it was. a quick, quick, it was a lightning bolt. It was a flare in the sky. He was not here even a full year. January 6th, he commits, uh, famously the same day there was an insurrection at the mm-hmm. White House, or at the Capitol, excuse mm-hmm. me. And uh, then in November 27th, plays against Penn State. Plays very well. He's done. Mm-hmm. You know, what, 10 and a half, 11 months? Yeah. I don't want to do the whole Heisman thing. I'll just say... For One more time for the record that I think it's a joke that he wasn't in New York. Um, Generally speaking, uh, David, we'll start with you. His legacy, he's he's done. He's not playing. He just announced. We can actually, we'll throw his statement up there just for the viewers kind of in the background. He he came out with that today. That's microscopic font, so no one can read that. But he's saying that he's not going to play in the Peach Bowl. He's starting his preparation for the NFL draft. The book's written. The, the the book's closed. You can't do anything else. What's the Kenneth Walker legacy to you personally? How do you view him in context of the program? It's the program was six national titles, a lot of success over the years, yeah. particularly at his position.
0: I don't know how to answer it in the larger term because I'm not as much of a football guy. So I'll I'll just speak to the here and now. What would this team have been without him this year? Like how many wins do they have? Six.
1: Six. I, he was four or five wins above replacement. Right. So six wins,
0: like a great piece that we'll always remember as the, you know, the first real like Tucker bridge into what this could maybe be. This is like kind of the beginning and we got to see him snag a guy from Wake Forest who had a very good season, turn him into almost a Heisman candidate. Imagine what he would have been had he had just a little bit better offensive line in front of him. If he had Michigan's Mm -hmm. offensive line, he would have won the Heisman. 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 Yeah. So he came into a place that 100% believed in him. He believed in them back. Uh, I thought he was rewarded from that. He's going to get drafted in the NFL. We're going to have a skill player drafted yeah. in the NFL at mm-hmm. Michigan State. I'm extremely happy about that because it's been quite a while.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and I just think that it was just so enjoyable after like some brutal seasons stacked on brutal seasons that we had to watch kind of at the end of the D'Antonio until the beginning of this. And to be able to see him just, I mean, just like from the Northwestern game, when he breaks loose that first one, just like, what? Like, this is what it is. So I think from just a fan perspective, the memories of what he'll be will continue to grow if this program achieves the levels that we think of. Because this is the beginning. We really got to see the beginning. He's going to be a special part of that. And I think when we get towards the end or the middle or wherever this ends up going, These years are going to be looked down so much more fond, and he will be remembered so much more fondly for really starting off what could be the ascension of Michigan State football. So that's
1: how I'll remember Mm -hmm. the program. I think that's perfectly said. And when he was on the show with uh, Connor Hayward, I I wish – and this is not a shot of Ben. Ben kept the camera on the speaker, which was me. So Ben did his job. But I wish the camera had captured both of their faces when I said this is right after the Northwestern win. So Michigan State's one and zero, and I said, "Hey, that was exciting." The Northwestern lost like seventeen guys, whatever. As a Michigan State fan, I'll be thrilled with six and six, even after we well, started one and zero. Technically, mm-hmm. one as an underdog, I, I thrilled with six and six. The faces that they made—it was not a surprise. It was almost like bordering on anger, both of them, especially Connor Award. But both of them looked at me like "fuck you," like six and six, like "fuck that." And then they do answer the question and say, and the camera goes back to them, not still not thrilled, but the the glare the glaring eyes had disappeared and said, "We're not happy with that. Like we want to win every game we play." I know they, I know they all say that. If you saw their reaction, that was not coach speak, player speak. They yeah. genuinely were like, "Fuck that! We're yeah. we're trying to win every game we play. We think we're very good," and I I think. My answer, where I stood, was, I think, pretty common. Six wins, I mean, seven. It would have been a parade down Grand River. I think that would have come true, but for Kenneth Walker. I think that's what this team was. Not a bad team without him, but not what they did. I mean, that DK and I seem to agree. Are you kind of in that boat, too? He he was worth four or five wins, which for yes. a running back, quarterback, that can happen. Mm-hmm. A running back in 2021 yeah. to be a four or five war guy. It's yeah. insane.
2: Yeah, the that's true. Because the whole reason that I kind of said that Michigan State would go eight and four, which everyone everyone laughed at me for that. Um, but the that stemmed from me thinking that Kenneth Walker would end the season as a second back running back in the Big Ten behind Muhammad Ibrahim at Minnesota, who unfortunately I think tore his Achilles in the first week of the season. But I think Kenneth Walker would have been better than him had he played the whole year anyway. But I saw in the Kenneth Walker tape on January 7th, the day after that he committed, I sat down, I watched it. And this is a guy that Wake Forest has this weird scheme where their read option is like a two second thing where they hold the ball in the running back's gut, give him no time to make his own reads. And basically, Kenneth Walker was in the wrong system. The second that Coach Piegler put on that tape, he saw this is a dude, you put him in our system and this guy's a generational talent. And Piegler saw this in two days he landed him. From the day after he ended the portal, he got him here. So shout out to Coach Piegler. And what I saw out of Kenneth Walker, it was a guy that had speed, that, a guy that his strength should not have. He was running through tackles, carrying piles, and running to the edge and taking off for home runs. That was a combination I hadn't seen in college football since Saquon Barkley. It was a, something I hadn't seen at Michigan State in years. So with that perception I had of Kenneth Walker – It led to my eight and four. So for you to say I saw six wins and then us ending at 10 wins, that absolutely validates that he was four wins above replacement, I would say.
1: Easily to me. And which, again, for the position is insane. To me, the most compelling stat for a running back, there's a few out there that are uh, interesting. The most compelling to me is that yards after contact stat. Because that's reflective of what are you overcoming. Mm-hmm. Because if Alabama's offensive line, which usually at any given time has two first rounders and a third rounder on it, right. is blowing uh, you know, Mack truck size holes for you, yeah, and, and you're just any decent Division one running back can be fast into right. a wide open hole. It's not to denigrate Mark Ingram, Derrick Henry, but their offensive lines—they both had multiple first-rounders on it. They For had sure. they had other guys that were drafted in the fourth round. Yeah, this team doesn't have that. Right. So that yards after contact, which Kenneth Walker—I don't even think it was close. I think he led by a lot. But I know he was best in the country. That was right. compelling. And again, and DK said it, the the you look at the other contenders there. Hutchinson had. Oh, on the other side. Yeah, uh, Bryce Young, I mean, a bevy of weapons, an offensive line, top three yeah. to five in the country. Mm-hmm. Stroud, the three best receivers in the country, the best collection of three yeah. receivers in the country. So it's just Walker did the most with the least. To not mm. be there was nuts. Yeah. I look at him. I got a lot of shit for this. I said in my life, I can't. Bubba Smith is fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know, I got his jersey on my wall. I, I didn't see Bubba Smith. Mm-hmm. I, he was He was already in Hollywood acting by the time I was born. To me, in my lifetime, best Michigan State football player I've seen. I, he's number one. For 20 years, it was Charles Rogers for me. And I got called a prisoner of the moment for saying this. And I said, not that big of a prisoner of the moment. A prisoner of the moment would have said it's Rogers. And then it would have been Ringer. And then it would have been Greg Jones. And then it would have been Connor Cook. I'm not that guy. I had the same guy for 20 years. I moved off. I know you're you're a young lad. I mean you're you're a whippersnapper. But am I, even if you don't agree. In either you can jump in. Am I insane to say best player in Michigan State in the last forty years? That's what I truly believe.
2: My recollection of Michigan State only goes back like fifteen but years. You're a
1: student of the game. Yeah. Do you have you heard of Babe Ruth? You didn't see him. Play. Mm-hmm, that's <laughs> true. You know Babe Ruth was better than Don <laughs> Kelly. Yeah. I just you look at the impact as a historian even. Mm-hmm. To me, and, and uh, to me, he's the best. I mean, but you, you've, you're you, on different timelines. Mm-hmm. You're on my timeline, but don't follow it as closely. Mm-hmm. Have you guys seen anybody better? Even just keep it to I, your
2: I have not. Not at Michigan State. That's the best you've seen. Yeah. And the thing of it is, is what he has done for the program goes far beyond just, first of all, you look at him, and I think he should be the running back one of this draft class. Um, he might be running back too, which still gives him a chance to be a first-round pick because I believe on average there's two and a half running backs taken in the first round a year. Either way, talent-wise, he's a borderline first-round pick. Now set aside the talent. He is a guy that has sped up this rebuild by himself by a year or two. He has put Michigan State on the map in states on the other side of the country like Washington, where I talked to Caleb Presley, a 2023 four-star, Texas, California. He has He has transcended his actual on-field impact, and he has kind of become the face of Michigan State football Mm -hmm. in a four- or five-year stretch where Michigan State desperately needed that. He came in, he basically led the charge for the Mel Tucker era, and he gave Mel Tucker, who's a coach that will absolutely milk everything out of this opportunity, he gave him an opportunity to brand Michigan State to college recruits all across the nation. You don't have Kenneth Walker. Yeah, sure, Jaden Reed and Peyton Thorns, Flea Fickers, they do a little bit of engagement on Twitter. But you get a guy like Kenneth Walker and he changes the program, especially this early and especially with a coach that knows how to use a resource like that. So, a lot of what will happen here at Michigan State in the future, especially with their efforts in the portal, you can directly give credit to Kenneth Walker for that. And he has. I don't want to say change the program, but he has elevated the program, and he has dramatically helped this rebuild.
1: He's he's a fast forward button. He's a huge, yes, fast, forward a huge mm-hmm. fast forward button. Have you seen anybody better? And you're, you're, you're my age. You're 34. I mean, Le'Veon
0: Bell is pretty special, but
1: yes. Not better than Kenneth Walker though. I mean, not by any measure. No. Yeah. It's just. I have it, to see
0: it at the NFL level a little bit, but he's saying in college. Well, just strictly Well, college. college yeah. yeah. I mean, Charles
1: Rogers has been my number one for 20 years. there have yeah. been a lot of Spartans that did better than the NFL. <laughs> but you know, but just purely college. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, he's the best I've seen. And here's what I don't think is debatable. Cause I, I think the Charles Rogers thing is debatable. I don't think, Oh, it's obvious. It's not Charles Rogers. What is not debatable to me, and I don't even want to hear a debate, and you can cross in the basketball, hockey, or you pick the sport. There has never been in the history of Michigan State we can go into the 60s someone that had this type of impact in one year. wasn't Jaron Jackson. wasn't Deonta Davis. Magic Johnson was here two years. Nobody in 11 months has come in. There's no one and done. I mean, football usually doesn't happen. This is a unique situation with the transfer. This was like Russell Wilson from NC State to Wisconsin. It was that level. And honestly, probably even more than that, because I think you laid it out. Mel Tucker will be carrying that through than Wisconsin did or even really needed to. They were already kind of humming. I I just think he has, in the history of Michigan State Athletics and looking at his legacy, nobody has had a better season and a greater impact in 11 months that was only here for less than one calendar year. I, I. Who's the counter?
2: You know the proof of that? There's never been a Walter Camp winner in the history of Michigan State football. He won it, and like you said, he only did it in one year. So in terms of what he got out of one year, you simply can't top that. People haven't topped that in their entire careers. Now, I only mean that in regards to that reward. There are other running backs here that have have way dominated the greatness that Kenneth Walker has achieved, but winning the Walter Camp for the first time in Michigan State history – and, like you said, being here in eleven months, you put those two things under the same microscope. and yeah, there's there's no way to come to any conclusion other than what you've said. It's
1: the greatest single season in Michigan State history in terms of weighing the performance, the context of the performance, yeah, the expectations. We- yeah. expectations. yeah, expectations, and the impact. Mm-hmm. you you laid that you said it better than I could have ever dreamt of. That speeding up a rebuild multiple years. Mm-hmm. this is going to his year. Yeah, 2021 was a blast. But this is going to echo into the next few years for the reasons you laid out. To me, his legacy is the greatest Michigan State football player of the modern era, whether you want to cut that at post 65, some people say 1970, wherever you want to cut it. Let's say post Bubba Smith era, where we were winning the national title every other year. The greatest Michigan State football player of the modern era. That's his legacy to me. One of the best Michigan State athletes ever. I hope he goes to the NFL and and breaks Emmitt Smith's rushing record. I hope he does great. But irrespective of any of that, I think he has a very – he's in the Mount Rushmore in terms of impact in one year. I I have never seen anything like it in my lifetime. Mm Mm-hmm. Greed. So, so no. I'm not insane. I, no. I feel good. So this is this is uh you've been such a good sport, David, because uh I don't oh, I don't know where no I don't know the shit Come either. on.
0: This is the first time I got <laughs> but, to meet Justin in person. I'm excited <laughs> you, about the whole thing. You were very I'm nervous, learning, yeah. I'm learning He's about the
1: football best. on the on the records. <laughs> He's the best. But this is this is where you're gonna get uh you are you to be a little bit of a ball Swing The ball's swinging to me. Yeah, it's going to be swinging to you. We're, you're are going, go. going to play some ISO. play some ISO ball here. So yeah, this is going to be this is going to be uh, Allen Iverson to use the your Philly reference for you, Justin. We're going to be standing around hoping maybe you'll pass through fourth <laughs> possession. So I want to transition to the basketball team. This is look. I, I have a lot of opinions about Michigan State basketball generally, always, every year. I'm an opinionated guy to a hmm. fault, probably. I don't never really, heard
0: that about you. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. I, as you know, we have a lot of mutual friends, and my mutual friends—they're your friends, and they hate me, but they know me. I do not have strong opinions about this team. Other than mm. that, I know that I like them. Like on a personal yeah. level, I like the group. I don't know what to make of where they're going, where they can go. For the context of where we're sitting right now, they're nine and two. I think the next game's Oakland in like 10 days. Uh, you know, it's Tuesday.
0: Coming up this Tuesday at LCA. Shit, time flies, man. Uh, so we're quick.
1: five days away. So we're, it's, uh, you know, it's, we got some downtime. So this, this will not age poorly in terms of people watching this late. 9-2. and two, We have them, what, 12th in the AP right now. Preseason unranked. Mm-hmm. This year's going pretty well. That's an objective truth. No one can argue that. I watch this team, and I get shades of what I saw a decade ago in Indianapolis with the Butler team not the one that beat Michigan State in 2010 under ridiculous circumstances with no foul, but the following year in 2011 2010-2011 where they end up finishing runner up, they lose in the worst title game ever to UConn the Kimball Walker team. So I pulled this comparison. I'm going to put it up there and I want you, the basketball expert, to tell me if I'm insane So this is what I'm looking at. This is that Butler team from a decade ago to this year's Michigan State team, mm-hmm. they both have what I would argue is an A plus coat. Brad Stevens, Tom Izzo, no defined alpha. You know, Matt Howard, Mac was it, who was it? I don't even know who it is on Michigan State. I don't think they have one. No pending lottery picks. There's no one on either of these teams that's oh they're projected to be. I mean for the next year, maybe Christie gets there, but he's not on any mock draft to be in next year's lottery. Conference champion pedigree. They both have multiple players on the team that have been a role player or more on a team that won their conference. So I know Michigan State's out the defending, but they have guys that did win, you know, Gabe Brown and Hall. Both unranked in November. They were off the radar. Now we know what happened with Butler. Butler finishes the NCAA runner-up. It was a horrible game, but they were what, tied in the second half with UConn. They could have won. It was a horrible game. They were very close to winning after Gordon Hayward leaves. Everything else lines up here to me. A lot of similarities. The analytics, if you look into them, they were within two points per game of averaging the same off. It's, they're, they're, they're mirror images. Do you see any potential for this team on the right, that Michigan State team, to mimic the performance of the left? Not saying you're predicting it, but yeah. ceiling.
2: We've already what, bought tickets to uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Louisiana.
1: Nola. Nola's a great place. I think it's I'm better just, than Vegas for the record. I'm clarifying, just, though. Yeah. I'm not saying you're predicting it will happen. Yeah. But in terms of ceiling, can they get there? Is there a road for this team to
0: get I, there? i got to see a little bit more. right? we got to see against some of the stronger opponents that we're going to see during the course of the conference. I want to see what they look like against Illinois. They only play Purdue once. It's at home towards the end of the season. I think OSU is twice, if I remember that correctly, once towards the end of the year, but I think they play them twice. Illinois, they play twice. So I want to see what they look like at, against the top of the conference before I'm making some sweeping generalities about it. I think it's a very, very good start. I think that they have done everything that they needed to to begin the season. If you're, I was looking at what they had for the matchups, I would say in my mind, nine and two is what the ceiling for that was in the early part. I did not think they were going to beat Kansas game one. I thought Kansas is a national championship contender. I think that they've shown that, Um, you know, the Dayton loss aside, which was a little bit, you know, whatever. We've seen a bunch of teams during the course of this season so far get dropped. I mean, we watched Purdue basically rise up to number one and they're congratulating. They had like a, I don't know if you saw it, but they had like a video thing where all these guys are congratulating. It's the first time that Purdue yeah, had been I number saw. one. And they <laughs> lost to Rutgers the very, like, the very night that they did yeah, the video. It was like so
1: five hours. Yeah, I mean, it was, it
0: was almost too poetic. And I think that that's what we've seen. I think when we originally looked at the beginning part of this general landscape for college basketball, I would say there was maybe two or three teams that you thought were kind of near the top. You thought Gonzaga, maybe Kansas was in that mix. Um, Baylor was kind of like a top five-ish. Now they're number one, and I think they're a legitimate contender. Mm -hmm. I think the top seven teams in the country can definitely cut down the nets. Uh, Arizona's part of that mix. Um, you know. And and you just look across the board. There's no unbeatable team. That's basically what we've seen. We saw Alabama beat Gonzaga and have a war against Houston. They just lost to Memphis, who's been reeling. So I think that the way that you look across – all of college basketball, there's in my mind, not an unbeatable team. Michigan State's playing unbelievable defense right now. They're top six in the entire country. I did not see this coming. I thought the offense was going to be better than the defense, which is funny. I, I've always believed in Marcus Bingham being a true paint anchor for this team. I have been pounding the drum for like three years on it. And I've been laughed at and it finally is coming to realization. And even for what I've seen. Maybe I didn't even see this version of 10 and eight type guy capable of blocking three shots a game and really, you know, holding it down on both sides of the paint. I just think if you look at all the pieces across the board, they fit. This team likes each other, which if you're looking across just down the road at Ann Arbor, I don't think you can say the same thing and we can talk about that a little Ooh, bit. That's but interesting. Yeah. I, I think the chemistry is on par with as, as many teams that we've seen all across the years I think chemistry and do the pieces fit is 85%. You need the talent. Don't get me wrong. But if you have the talent, do the pieces and the chemistry work out? And for this team, it is. So I want to see it against better quality teams. And we've seen it against, you know, UConn, Loyola, both very nice wins. We kind of got blown out in the second half against Kansas and Baylor, both two top five teams. So I'm not like overreacting to that. But I think that as the conference continues, if they continue to rack up wins against quality teams, this is a team that can be more than a second weekend team, which is what I thought they were coming to the season. This is a team that maybe could go on a run. And I'm not there yet, but I like what I've seen so far. I think there's a lot of excitement to be had about this team. So
1: I like them. And the reason I brought in Butler is because I think they represent the best possible manifestation of this concept where – Anytime you look at the Michigan State box score, this is not a scientific uh, statistic, but just sort of me as the uh the dude checking in on, hey, like how do we play tonight? You know, I watch, but then I I like the box. I'm a box score guy. You have seven guys that scored somewhere between 6 and 15 points. Mm-hmm. Like it that's it's like every night mm-hmm. that you don't have this like Butler was the same way. It's like yes, Mack and Howard were their two leading scorers, but then you have a guy that was like you know, one and a half points behind them and another guy that was two points behind, it's, you know, you have five, six, seven guys within six, seven points of each other. It seems like a collection of B, B-minus players. And that sounds like an insult. It's not. Like a B player is good. That's, you're well above average for your level. It's not the common path to great success. I mean, national titles one thing, but even on a conference level, even what we've seen in East Lansing, Denzel Valentine, clear alpha of that team, you know, whatever you think of him personally, but he was the guy when he ascended. Cassius Winston, Mateen Cleese, Kaelin Lucas, Draymond Green. That's typically how it's looked. Aaron Henry, I guess, last year by default, but that team also didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. It barely made the tournament. I I just I wonder, do you think an alpha, and Justin, you either one, you guys can both chime in. Does an alpha need to emerge for them to? Get to where they want to go, and if so, who is it? Because I don't know who it is. I mean, Gabe Brown. He's go. Kind you of a, go first. Yeah, Gabe go no, kind of like, a, no, I, don't. Well, he, I love Gabe Brown, but Gabe Brown's kind of like a goofball being alpha. He's, he's not,
0: not though anymore. This, this, that's not the role he's not the silly dance guy. Not the silly okay. dance guy anymore. I think that he's taken steps this year. I think the the first thing that I would say about him is his goofball energy that we saw on the bench is now materializing itself on the court. He's the guy that's the spark plug Mm -hmm. for this team. He's the guy that goes out and in multiple games this year when the offense is struggling to start and they're leaning on the defense, which is, as we spoke about, very good. And they're able to do that, which is why I like this group. He's the guy that goes out and scores eight or 10 points in the first half to be able to carry some of that. He's the guy that's now creating his own shot, which is something that he did not do during the course of his career. Um, I was looking at some stats on Bart Torovic, and he's a guy that last season, I think that like his mid range shot, he was creating like 85% of the shots were assisted. This season, it's 35%. 50% less of the shots that he's getting in the mid range are from his own making. So he's putting the ball in the deck, he's taking a little step back, he's wiggling some guy and then putting it up. And we've seen it during the course of that. His ability to be able to create his shot and for the offense to lean on him on occasion. Is something that I did not see coming into this season. I thought that guy was going to have to be Max Christie. And for him to be able to take that mantle in some point, I think, is a huge, huge thing for the, where this team is going. But they're so balanced. What do you do when you're looking at scouting this team? You're looking across it. You have probably six to seven guys that can put double digits on you every night. So you're looking up the down scoring part like, well, you got to watch out for this guy and then this guy and then this guy. Well, this guy has scored 10, two or three times. This guy scored 10. Like Julius Marble won the game against UConn for us. Like him and A.J. Hogard carried us to a victory in the Bahamas, the two of them. And they've had kind of an up and down season for parts of it. But I think that's what I like about the team the most, that at, at the moments where they need to step up, there's various guys that are doing it. And to me, that's a team mentality that comes down from the coaching staff there and it bleeds into the program. And it just feels like a Michigan State team to me.
2: And as as long as you have that production where like you were saying, and like DK just said, where if you look at a box score and you have about seven guys that are scoring between eight and 15 points, as long as that stays being a commonplace for this team, you don't need an alpha. You can have sustained success from multitude of pieces where, okay, so now maybe if they get in in a rut later on and like three or four of those guys stop producing, then maybe you'll be like, OK, we need an alpha. But I don't really see that happening. So as long as the production keeps going the way it's going now and there's a multitude of guys that are putting the ball in the basket, I, to answer your question, no, I don't think you need an alpha.
1: It is a weird team. And you alluded to it, DK. Like you'll have a guy who you, know, you used Marvel as the example, but you could use several where you'll have a guy who's like literally if you were a warding player of the game. You would give it to this guy this night, and the next night he's got a donut. and Like, either didn't play much or didn't do anything. Willie Call. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, Willie Call's been playing the game a few times, and he's yeah. had a few games where he did nothing. Yeah. Cassius Winston didn't have any games when, right. uh, by the time he was a junior. they did nothing. Denzel Valentine's senior year, he had games that were better than others. He didn't have any donuts or four-point games. I, I just... This is a weird team, and it's not a criticism. It's not like weird in a bad way. It's mm-hmm. just it's an outlier from how it normally looks. Not just for Michigan State, but for good teams generally. So, I mean, you guys seem to be on the same page here. I don't know, but you guys seem to agree they really don't need one. Is there? You, you don't think like you're in the Elite Eight. You're in that. You're in that Duke game from a couple years ago. It's it's yeah. a, it's a mimic of that. You don't think – I mean, it, Winston, everything ran through him, I and mean, they right. ended up in Kenny Goins' hands. But it's running through Winston. Winston's going to dictate what happens. You don't think they need to have that guy? It can be kind of a bullpen by committee thing?
0: Yeah, they're starting to see Tyson Walker emerge as the guy capable of stirring the drink for the rest of the roster. Um, I think 12.5 points per game, six assists, like to two and a half turnovers the last two conference games that he's played. He's stealing a couple balls. He actually is a great defender. If you're looking at the point guard spot in the conference, kind of down this year, I think he's probably the best two-way guy in the whole conference. And I know his scoring hasn't quite been there, but the transition to come from Northeastern and come play for Tom Izzo, playing for Tom Izzo at the point guard spot is probably one of the hardest jobs in all of America in college basketball. He is a demanding son of a gun. He wants you to have some freedom, but there's also rules in place. And it took him 10, 11 games to be able to figure it out. And the last two games, we saw a lot more of the version that we saw in Northeastern where he's creating off the dribble. He's getting to the rim when he wants. He's pulling up from little step backs. like He's starting to find the version of himself that played low mid-major ball at the Big Ten level and that should be scary for the rest of the conference because if he's able to sustain what we've seen over the last couple couple games throughout the course of the season Michigan State's outlook goes from very solid to potentially great
2: in my opinion he he's 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 the real deal i think yeah so i agree with everything dk said about tyson walker especially if you look at the last week and now what you said about guy like Cassius Winston never having a bad game and you kind of needing a guy like that in March. Well, so Cash never had a bad game, and that's kind of why we look at that sort of a team mold and say, man, it could be really useful to have a guy like Cassius. But you look around in March over the years, there have been a lot of teams where they have one guy carrying the load where if he has a bad game on a particular day in March and you don't have anyone else to turn to, that could be a two seed getting knocked out right away. So I almost have more hope when it comes to a Michigan State team in March that has seven or eight guys that any of those eight can come out and have an 18-point game on a given day than I would maybe if the entire offensive production was coming from one guy. Now, with that said, I think Ty Walker can be that guy. And what I've seen from him in the last three games in terms of aggressiveness, whether it's getting to the basket or even just pulling up, I do really, really like Ty Walker, and I do think he can be the guy that is what the Michigan State offense is kind of structured around. But even if he doesn't, I don't think it's that much of a negative where in March you have a lot of guys you can rely on a little bit as opposed to one guy you rely on a lot. And then you worry about, okay, is this dude really all our production? If he gets shut down on a Saturday in the second weekend, is that it? We so I, saw
0: it in 2019 with cash gets shut down. They put uh, Jarrett Culver on Texas Tech mm, on him, yep. who was an NBA draft pick, I think top five. They put him down with his length. He got shut down. And I know he was on one leg at the end of that yeah, game. It was As partially he did not have a backup point guard, which this year gone. we do. Yep. Got to give credit to A.J. Hogard for the way that he transformed his body and the way that he's looked yep. so far this year. But I think that Justin is 100% right on that where you look at the wealth of scoring being spread out a little bit. It's scary. You want a guy to be able to lean on Mm -hmm. when he gets down to crunch time and there's two or three minutes left and you need a bucket. Mm -hmm. Who are you laying on? For sure, Mm -hmm. that has to be figured out. And I think that there's a combination of a couple guys, Tyson Walker, Gabe Brown, Mm -hmm. Max Christie, you can get there, I believe it. Eventually, yep.
1: Shots got to start falling, but yeah. Yeah, but I
0: think generally speaking, there's a lot to be – excited about with the fact that at least the production's being spread out so you know like you said Malik Hall popped off for 24 points against uh, Loyola for 25 whatever he did then he has you know like a donut then he pops off for 15 then whatever and he's starting to get more consistent but guys are stepping up in the moments when you need them to and it just makes it very difficult to stop MSU when you have multiple
1: guys that are capable of scoring 12-15 points a night so so you're, you're Graham couching it a little bit. I'm going to pin you down. I'm not going to let you get away right. with it. The ceiling. I, I get yeah. the ceiling. Can this team uh, be in the Final Four and not get their doors blown off like 2015 necessarily? Like, is this a national title contender even on the fringe? Where if things fall in place, I, 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 again, not your we're, prediction.
0: We're eleven games into the season. I mean, well, what do you want me to say? Well, you we're going to thir- bring, we're you, on? You, bring you on season?
1: after they make it or no, don't make it. We don't have to make it. The whole, whole point saying, is it's a surprise. Can, can we go
0: through the meat of Big Ten conference? No, play? I want to get it like now. Okay, so they got a stretch. <laughs> they have a stretch at the end of January and the beginning of February. Yeah. where they go on the road four games and they get Michigan squeezing at home in that. So you go four and one or three and two in that stretch. And I will look you in the eye and say, this is a team that's capable of making, depending on who they beat during the course of that. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But there's there's certain stretches of the season. You're asking me to predict what they are when they've been tested in the Bahamas very well. Otherwise, outside of that, they haven't 100% been tested in the two games that they were against what I would consider national championship quality teams. Yeah. They hung in for a half and they got blown out the second. So you're asking me to predict something when... I need to see more games against I'm, quality. I'm, points. I know you I'm not going
1: to do it. I don't know what to tell this you. This is though. why
2: I bring you in. Yeah, I, but, I, but I I I not, I'm a realist. Anybody. I'm so a on realist. March third. Hey, is this team any good? So <laughs> This is why you're here. So this is what Spiro wants. Yeah. Guys, I will, Michigan State fans, I'll see you in New Orleans. You, <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even have to go that strong. Listen, no, no, no. Listen, so here's the thing. So Michigan, the first time Michigan State plays Michigan is seventh game of conference play, right? Um,
0: I don't even – is it the seventh? It's either the sixth or
1: the seventh. I think you're okay. Right. Close, yeah. So
2: I don't think it's a stretch to say Michigan State will be 7-0 and before they play Michigan.
1: It's so hard to win in that conference, though. Yeah.
0: So, so they have to go on the road to Northwestern. It's a sneaky game. Yeah, they, they have the played 40, really well. And they lost last year, and they ran some stuff where they had like – like four guys up across like the free throw line, and they raised the defense a little bit, and and took out the rim protector from the equation. But is
2: Bowie still there? Yeah, I think he is. Yeah, <sighs> yeah
0: Chase Ude, Pete Nance is actually having a very nice <laughs> season. If he was on a different team, he would be yeah, yeah. in the you know top two, probably all conference you know marks. I think he's having like a 50, 40, 90 type season. Yeah. Nobody's talking about because it it's Northwestern; they're terrible. Yeah. But that's a sneaky team that you have to go on the road and win, which they did against Minnesota. We saw mm-hmm. Michigan struggles at home you know i was getting some some flack for saying that was a pretty quality win for that ben johnson's done a very very nice job with the quality that jameson battles a real dude
2: um so i don't know you know so yeah so i guess the reason i what i was kind of getting at was they could start six and one or seven and going into that michigan game and what michigan state has accomplished so far is great but they have done it without the max Christie i expect to emerge They have done it without a Ty Walker that we're going to see the rest of the year. I know the last week is good, but most of what they've accomplished this year has been without the Ty Walker we're going to get now. And they have done it with... Yeah, I guess the rest of the piece is pretty much they, they've done what I've expected. But those are two key pieces. Max Christie, who coming into the season, could have been one of their best players. And Ty Walker just now finding his groove. And they have already been the best. Are they number one in Ken Palm on defense? No, six. Okay, so yeah, they're a top, top, they're a top six. They're a top six yeah, defense. They have done it without those two pieces in some form or fashion, which I believe they'll have going forward now. And they're already 9-2 and, and 12th in the AP poll. So what they have accomplished now is great, and I think they'll be a better team throughout the rest of the season Obviously, injuries are a concern, especially when you're banking two scholarships for some reason. But <laughs> but if, if Justin if, wants to touch so, on that, oh, sure. I can go I can go on there for a in, while. Sneaking that little shot. But, but yeah, so like that's that's where my hope comes in. Is I can see them being six one or seven and in going into Michigan, which you're already on a good. Uh, you're making good progress to a top three seed. If that's the kind of start you have in Big Ten play. And I just think this team will only be better from here on out for the reasons I mentioned. And the Big Ten, anybody's beatable these days, like DK was saying earlier. So everything is in front of them. This team is not close to peaking yet. And I think that they have a chance to get a pretty good seed heading into the tournament. And if you have a team that's well-rounded, you can make a run. Now, things need to go right. Like I said, injuries being one of them. But the the pieces are there. Brackets That's huge. The bracket's huge. Yeah. But the pieces are there to have a ceiling. Where you could make a final four. Well, but you I do think need the, the, the see stuff. floor
0: of what I saw this team being is already higher than what I expected. Let's yes. say let's start. Oh, with that. I
1: agree with that. Yes. I a hundred percent agree with that. Yeah. I'm trying to pull up the what seed was Butler in that tournament? Because they, they were what, fifth seed, sixth seed? <sighs> they were not uh Yeah, I'm not sure. They were they, they were not like a hot shot. So I programmed. think
0: that it's important for Mission State to stay off that like Trying to think like the five-six, the five-six plays it. So if there end up being a three or four seed, which I think that the way that it's shaping up, it's gonna
1: be but I thought they were like six, eighth.
0: Wow. I was just looking it up, but yeah, so yeah. they had a uphill a, a battle to be able to make that. Yeah. But I generally agree with him, Justin. What Justin was saying in terms of
3: yeah, eight seed. We, we've right,
0: seen some of the floor of this team and the ceiling still out there. And I think that's the exciting part, right? Like a couple of the guys haven't played up exactly to that. And maybe we should get into the Max Christie debate because I'm sure, at least for me, I've had DMs. I've had people messaging me saying like, what's up with the shot not falling? What's going on? I dug into it. I watched all the shots that he's taken over the course of 11 games. I still think the jumper is 100% pure. It does not look to me like he needs any type of like tweak in the mechanics. I think that what we've seen from him so far is a little bit underwhelming from what we thought coming into it. But I also think that there's a juxtaposition, if you look at what Jaden Akins went through his last year of high school competition Mm -hmm. versus what Max Christie did. And I think that in a certain regard... Jaden Aikens had a, a benefit for getting kicked off that EFC prep team mm-hmm. because he wasn't going to learn the defensive principles. He wasn't going to learn a role. He came from a Sunrise Christian team where I'm sure that you you guys aren't that familiar with it. But Kenny Chandler is at Tennessee, looking yeah. like uh, one know. of
2: the best players in the country.
0: Yes. Loaded. Kendall Brown's at Baylor winning program. Uh Zach Clemens is at Kansas. He's gonna have a very good role and be a very good player for a long time. They had guys up and down the roster are playing high-level D1 basketball. Aikens came in late into the game. He had to simulate to a role. And what we saw in the beginning part of the season is very similar to what he had when he was at Sunrise Christian. He was coming in where before he had the ball in his hands all the time. They're asking him to play off the ball and they're saying, We need your hustle, we need your energy, we need your defense. Luke Barnwell is the coach at Sunrise Christian. I think he's done an unbelievable job with that program. And Akins came into this prepared because he's seen athletes that are bigger, stronger, longer, faster. And it's not any offense to the decision that Christie made. He decided to play with his brother. He decided to stay in the Chicago suburbs. He was playing the center spot in the 2-3 zone for most of his career. He, he hasn't had to play defense before in his life. Now he's he's asked to be sh- making shots and creating shots against much better athletes. And it's going to take a little bit of time. And I think that there just needs to still be a little bit of patience because he's learning on the go. I don't know if you saw that they had like a Spartan access where he was talking about what he was been doing during the course of the season. He's watching an hour and a half film like a day. Like this guy lives, breathes, eats basketball. He's going to figure it out. His mid-range game is still very solid. He's shooting above 40% from that, most of which he's creating on his own. The three-point shot's not falling. If he was shooting 35% from three, we would have no complaints about it. He's just not hitting some of those shots. They're going to fall, I believe it. He's struggling a little bit to get all the way to the rim and finish. Um, But I think overall, if you're looking at what he's capable of becoming for this roster, that's maybe the most exciting part of the whole thing. I thought coming into the season, if Michigan State didn't get the A-plus version of Christie, they were going to really struggle on mm-hmm. offense. Yep, that definitely. hasn't been the case. He's really been like a C-plus version of what I think he can eventually be. And Michigan State's still winning. So what does it look like when Max Christie takes another month or two? He gets assimilated to the physicalness of the conference. He gets assimilated to being able to really hunt his own shot in the right spots, because I think the shot selection has been a little bit of a question mark. Um, but all around, I, I think that there's nothing, nothing but optimism that should be looked at for the roster, particularly when you're looking at what he can eventually become for this team. The
2: thing that's most exciting about Christie for me is when, when I was kind of thinking about what is Max Christie as a freshman, what can he do coming into the season? I had huge concern because of how you said who he played against his senior year. I had huge concern for how he would be on defense. That is not good. the case. Yeah. The, this dude has played much better defense than I thought he would. And if now our biggest complaint about Max Christie is a shot, which people that have that have watched Christie play, that watched him in practice, they said this is one of the best shots, one of the best strokes they've seen in, in years. So if that's your only flaw of Max Christie's game, and it's not the defense, then once Christie's shot begins to fall, he might even exceed expectations of what most of us thought coming into the season course he needs to hit the shots for that to happen but his defensive floor being much higher than I thought it would has given me more promise of who is Max Christie as a freshman than originally earlier in the season just need the shots to start falling
0: so I'm just gonna put this as a caveat we've heard over and over again you see it on Twitter whatever Tom Izzo doesn't let the freshman play he doesn't you know it's always a stigma that somehow when he gets these guys that he just like holds them back which is an absurd thing to say This is the other side of this. Max Christie from day one has been asked to be what he is eventually going to be maybe in February, March, or maybe even year two, then versus what maybe he's capable and ready for game one. They've asked him to take late second shots. The Loyola game, he had like a little turnaround. It was like game on the line. They gave him the ball when he was struggling in that game. And I thought that was such a good moment for the staff to say like, This is what we need you to be in February and March. We're going to give this opportunity to you in November. We don't really care we win or lose this game. We want to win it. But in the long run, we want to give you opportunities to be able to show that you're a guy capable of game on the line. This is your ball. This is your game. We believe in you. So I think that what they've done in terms of asking him to guard the number one wing defender, Gabe Brown is not taking on those responsibilities. It's been Max Christie. The first two games, like, whoa, he was getting roasted. Oche Abaje on Kansas absolutely destroyed him. But it's like, welcome to college basketball, buddy. Here here it is. And I think that what we've seen over the course of these games is him continually get better on that end. And they're asking him to do a lot on the ball. They're asking him to create. They're asking him to rebound. They're asking him to defend. So he, he's he been more than enough for what this team needs to this point if they're going to reach their ceiling offensively, he needs to be a little bit better. He's leading the team in minutes. You think if it was going poorly, they would
1: continue to play him? He, it, doesn't, he doesn't play freshman, though. Yeah. yeah. So. yeah. Jordan
2: Crawford. But <laughs> yeah. Listen, if remember Rocket Watts' freshman year? I know it took a while for him to become a prominent player, but Rocket Watts had a long leash, even as a freshman. Yeah. And that was with Cassius Winston playing next to him. So there was every reason for him to not have the usage he had. But no, Izzo, Izzo had Rocket Watts over there doing his thing.
1: The eyeball test on Christie's fine. I mean, you use the term like, oh, the flaw in his game right now is a shot. I wouldn't even argue it's a flaw. No, it's the prettiest shot I've seen since Bryn
0: Forbes. Yeah. Yeah, It is, it was borderline flawless. When he lets it go, I think it's in every time. It just
1: hasn't fallen yet. It's a beautiful looking shot. I'm not worried about him, big picture at all. The eyeball test checks out. You know, this is, look, I I don't
0: know. I think that we should look at the serving line in this. Yeah. He's struggling early part of the season. I think that we end up getting him two years because oh, no physically doubt. he needs to take another step yeah. to be able to score at the rim is honestly what I think is missing from it. He's had to rely on the jump shot so much. I, I can't remember the numbers, but I think he's like three for 17 or four for 17 at the rim right now. He's really struggled to score because he gets there and he's not physical enough to be able to finish through the contact yet. Once they just get another off season for him, mm-hmm. which I think that he will. He's always been a guy that's been very mature. He could go to the NBA and get drafted in the first round, there's no doubt. But I think the process for him and him wanting to continue to get developed at this level was there from the moment that he decided yes. to step in. And that mindset is so huge to be able to come to this. So if, if you're looking at like, oh, it's unfortunate that he hasn't quite been 100%, and maybe he eventually gets there and we don't see him another year because March happens and we make a run and he's you know the catalyst to the whole thing. But I think if you're looking at here and now, he's... He's probably a guy that should come back and get developed. And if they do, then there's nothing but upside for Michigan State fans in that. Yeah. So. yeah.
2: And, and to that point. So I did a podcast uh, with Christie way back when he committed. And there were two things about his mindset that stuck out. One, like we were saying, you were saying earlier about how he lives and breathes basketball, I tried really hard to get an answer out of him for what he does for fun, what his hobbies are. Yeah. And he said, I quite literally just do two things. I watch anime and I play basketball. That's all I do in 24 hours if I'm not in school. Second, he said, I'm in no rush to be a one and done. I will do whatever is best for the long term outlook of my career, even yeah. if that's being here for two or three years. This is a guy that gets what needs to happen before you can go and have a successful career in the NBA. And getting there as soon as possible is not what he's looking to do. Yeah. So, like you said, And he chose the right program. This isn't Kentucky exactly. or
0: Duke where you're just spitting them out exactly. and saying, Well, I hope you succeed. Yeah. I mean, look at what Xavier Tillman's gonna be able to do. He's gonna have, as long as he stays healthy, Xavier Tillman's gonna have a 10 or 15 career, 15 year career in the NBA. I mean, you see the dunk the other night? <laughs> Do you see that? <laughs> he, he, oh, yeah. my God. He's, a,
1: he's what Draymond, what we thought Draymond would be. Draymond exceeded that. I don't think someone's going to reach that level. But, yeah, he can be the seventh guy forever, you know, yes. for eight, ten years. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: that's what I'm saying. So I, I think that the program does a really nice job of saying, if you stick with us, we're going to teach you everything you need to have a long and lasting career in the NBA. And I, I think that Christie, from the day that he came into the program, understood that. And so whether he leaves in a year or two or three, he he's gonna be in a position where it just makes sense. It makes sense for him, it makes sense for his development and all the rest of it. And just
2: last quick thing on Christy, what you were saying about one more offseason, physicality-wise, that'll that'll like solve any sort of issues we have. That's not a pipe dream. In the last seven or eight months, he's put on like 20 pounds of muscle. So this is a dude that actually goes out there and puts on weight and is going crazy in the weight room. So this is not a pipe dream, what DK was saying of, oh, just one more offseason. Like sometimes people say, no, this is a dude that in the one offseason he did have already put on like 20 pounds. So one more offseason, I think it's definitely valid to say, once you get that, scoring at the rim, better as a defender adds another layer to his game so that's 100 I mean he's right. got
1: the personality and the soul of like a 65 year old dad <laughs> yeah. like he's like an old that's a compliment like he's an yeah. like old soul I mean mm-hmm. it's sort of a cliche this guy is is the least uh, arrogant most measured guy I think I've ever seen come to the program yep. that had any type of juice coming in
2: kind of reminds me of Kenneth Walker in that regard yeah, yeah. And, and Kenneth Walker is the same way yeah. I mean I don't, I don't have you met no, but I've talked to him on the phone before, and so but, you've had interactions with him. Yeah, yeah just one tidbit here. I talked to Kenneth Walker, and I was saying, I think you'll start right away. We didn't have good running back production last year. <laughs> yeah, dude goes, I'm just gonna come in, work as hard as I can, and hopefully earn some carries, yeah. some That's carries, him. some carries. That worked out pretty well. <laughs> have you heard the
1: story of when he came here to do the show? No, he walks down the basement, right? So you, the same stairs you've walked right. a few times now at this point. And he just goes, whoa. Now Connor Hayward had already been here because yeah. he was here for the Jalen Watch Jackson event. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so he kind of already knew it, it was an old hat tent, but Walker yeah. hadn't seen all the shit all over the walls. For those that haven't been here, it's the Michigan State Museum. So Walker has played one game at this point for Michigan State. He's been on campus for nine months, mm-hmm. doesn't know that much about it. And, you know, we I said, like, hey, you know, studios, this way, we can get to it. You know, we'll probably go live in about 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Walker goes, uh, excuse me, like, taps in there. Excuse me, sir. Uh, sorry, if this, is, if this isn't okay, it's okay. You know, let me know. But can I take 10 minutes to just look around? And yeah, it's like yeah, like, go ahead. But he's walking around looking at the jerseys and stuff. Who's this guy? Who's this guy? And I was impressed, speaking of this whole thing, Connor Hayward, like, knew who Tony Mandridge was, like, knew all – now his dad was in the NFL at that yeah. time. But, like – Hayward knew who everybody was. I was actually impressed with yeah. him. He had like an encyclopedic knowledge of guys who were playing like in the 80s. I yeah. was impressed. But Walker was spent 10 minutes walking around asking about yeah. who's this guy. Like what, what? Tony Manders, Hayward's telling him, yeah, he went uh, second overall, drafted yeah. ahead of Barry Sanders. And uh, what happened there? Like he was the most humble kid. Yeah. And he was asking both of us, like what, what's it like, you know, we're just in Evanston. What's it like when uh, – uh, Michigan State wins a big game. Like, what's it going to be like if we beat Michigan in October? <laughs> Is it going to be like, what's campus like? Just the most like wide-eyed, nicest guy ever. Yeah, the most unassuming. And keep in mind, he just run for like a thousand yards against Northwestern. Yeah. So this was this was not preseason. He had already had this right. He was already viral on Twitter. He was already trending.
2: That is a microcosm of the kind of guys Mel Tucker got through the portal. A lot of people have misconceptions of, oh, you got guys from the portal. It's because either one of two things. They weren't getting playing time or two. They just weren't the kind of guys that buy into programs. No, like he got guys like Anthony Russo. I don't think he's played more than a couple of snaps. That dude was a pure Spartan before he before the season the even started. Russo was the same way, and you met Russo. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. He was the same way, asking me
1: about the history of the program. Yeah. And, uh, Jarrett
2: yeah. Horst, a lot of these guys, like they're genuine, good people, humble people that they just wanted to learn everything about being Michigan State Spartans. And that's not the preconce- preconceived notions people have of Portal guys. So just wanted to add that tidbit. in there. there's the kind of guys that Mel Tucker is getting from the Portal. They're carefully vetted.
1: Oh, even recruiting portal, whatever. It's guys that love football. Tucker said yep. that at his introductory press yep. conference. Like, if you like football, I'm probably gonna like you. That's his mm-hmm. that's his number one like gateway question. Like, how much do you love the sport? Yeah, yeah, Walker's the best man. I'm sad that yeah. he's a former player <laughs> at this point. But so last thing before we get to the speed on Cliff Notes version, because mm. this is off topic kind of. What the fuck's going on with Amani Bates in Memphis, man? He mm. stinks. I'm getting in trouble he, here. You you I'm not you I'm not I'm game. not saying he'll never ever ever be good. <laughs> yeah. Right now, that kid stinks. He can't guard uh, Justin at this point. Yeah, no I mean the <laughs> the defense
0: was never going to be his thing. I think no, the, but the reclassification coming up into this, you know, he should technically be a junior this year and he's playing in college basketball. So I think there's part of that. So, I will You know, maybe stymie some of the hate there. Even though I have been hate watching Memphis and Arizona State for Bojche as well, you're doing me both. It's it's partially there, but I think if you're looking at what it would have looked like had he come to Michigan State, I think that the way that this group is united and the way that this group looks would have looked completely different if you had the circus in town for what it would have been there. So, I think to a certain degree. As I had stated even before this all came down, I think, I think it all worked out for the way that's best for Michigan State in that regard, and that's just kind of how I'll leave you know, that.
2: Amani Bates is one guy that really could have used Tom Izzo's coaching. He's a guy that instead of playing for Will Wade but with a Sports Illustrated cover 15 years ago, <laughs> he could have played for a guy that would have taught him defense, would have taught him what it's like to really lock in and work, and hey, he had his chance. Amani like played
1: 15 minutes in that loss uh, in the win over Alabama. That's why they won. I, well, yeah, it, when he no, it's true. That's the.
0: It's you, partially true because the, the, they're relying there, on the defensive yeah. principles on that team, and he's not part of that
1: equation. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he was minus when he was out there like it, in a game that they blew him out. Basically, I mean, they, he was holding him back. I don't. I just don't know. I mean, the point about the age is well taken, but that caveat wasn't coming in with him. He was supposed to be really good right now. That's what I was told. I don't write these fucking articles for SI. <laughs> I, don't blame me. I'm just reading this shit. I yeah, was yeah. told he'd be good now. And don't tell me he's an ex-LeBron and the guy can't play. He, there's eight guys that played more minutes. Than yeah, Andrew but Memphis. we
0: saw that this summer coming from him. We knew that that wasn't going to be. I think that the expectations changed during the course of the summer when he was getting evaluated by yeah. NBA prospects you know, draft guys and saying, yeah. like, he's got a long
1: way yeah. to
2: go. Dudes, dudes for the Athletic were writing articles before he even chose Memphis over Michigan State that he was underwhelming compared to what they had seen two summers ago. I wouldn't trade him
1: for Jaden Akins right now, even if I knew both we were didn't even give any. We
0: didn't, we didn't even give any real love to Jaden Akins. This, this I love Jaden Akins. He's been fantastic. That's your, that's your guy. That's my guy.
2: The best that's thing that God. happened to Michigan State that for this short-term upcoming season was Jaden Akins not passing any Bates that ball. Yeah, thank Look, God beautiful. he didn't. Thank, like DK you, was saying, Elgin. he
0: scored the bucket anyway. What are you bitching about a kid what scoring do he, the bucket? What do you he missed you in he his head down. He has dribbling. He's trying to beat a guy. <laughs> missed you on the oop.
2: <laughs> I'm not he, a fan of somebody score? making the right play. That's yeah, what that's What that's that's does Elgin Bates
1: think of his son playing 15 minutes in that in that win? There's no way he's, he's – I don't know. Did he post he, on Instagram about it? There's he no way he's okay with Memphis.
0: That. <laughs> Because he thought that Penny was going to be able to take him to where he needed to
1: go. So it is what it is. So we'll see what happens with that. To the NIT in 15 minutes a game? Is that where he was hoping to go? It's not working out. And look, we we used to couch this by saying, and I think we talked about this. I know I talked about it with you, Justin. Yeah, Aikens versus Bates, if it came down to one or the other, I'll take three or four years of Aikens over one year versus Bates. Right now, I'll take one year of Aikens over one year of Bates.
2: I'll take one possession of Aikens over like a year. Well, of now calm down. <laughs> that's a little hyperbolic.
1: But it's incredible how that gap has been closed. Look, Amani Bates may explode and meet Kevin Garnett in two years, and mm-hmm. someone who hates me—and that's a long list—is mm-hmm. going to pull this up and I'll look ridiculous. Yeah. But right now, the kid can't play. I mean, he can't defend anybody. His offensive game is shaky. It's flawed. His shot is hot and cold. He—he's he's weak going to the basket. If you're playing that level of defense, you better be filling the cup on the regular. Hmm. He can't guard a chair. Sorry, I don't like Amity Bates. If anyone wants no. Amity an Bates signed basketball... There's one in my closet on the ground right now. So we'll, we'll move on. It's speed round time, guys. Uh, you, you've been very generous with your time. I know, Justin, you're in high demand uh, in particular. You know, yeah. Signing day's over. Signing day's over. Yeah, day's yeah. Over. this is like after the NFL draft. Justin yeah. Rogers is like floating on an inflatable tube <laughs> with a cigar and a Mai Tai in his hand. Like those, he's always celebrating the day after the NFL draft. So let's get to the speed round. We'll do it. Let's, let's fire it up, Ben. I'm ready. So we'll go we'll go in alphabetical order here the whole way, which means uh that's UDK ahead mm. head uh, of JT over there. So we'll start here. I I sent this to you in advance, which I don't I hate cheating on the speedrun, but this Jackson Mahomes thing, did you did you catch what's going on with Jackson Mahomes? This is off topic, but it's a speedrun. I can go wherever I want. Yeah, that's fine. Patrick Mahomes' younger brother. So this is a tool bag. Was it, no well, he's that. always been a tool. Yeah. But today was in the news. Apparently, I, and his post was deleted within minutes. And like, I haven't even been able to find it, which is incredible. Right. In 2021, everyone screenshots everything in two seconds. I've had some bad tweets that I deleted within four seconds. <laughs> Look if that
0: photo of him on the
1: phone. <laughs> just, he's just but, like. Well, this is, I mean, for what we threw up there. Between him and his
0: girlfriend, he just surrounded himself by the worst people. Yeah. He's at this time. At least one of them he chose. This yeah. one he couldn't.
1: Right. He's alleged. This is Patrick Mahomes, quarterback for the Chiefs, younger brother, who's put his just. He's put himself in the spotlight in a bad way several times, dancing on Sean Taylor's number on the field right after they were celebrating him, mm-hmm. and it's just it's been a mess. But today he's in the news again, allegedly, but it sure seems uh, true. At the, he's at this bar in Kansas City with a big group of. I mean, when you're clinging on to the sibling. I can't only imagine the people that were rolling in that group because there's no way this guy has friends. These are clingers. Huh? Like, if you know this guy. How old is he? he? He's young. I think he's like 20. He's an adult. He's not a minor. If he were like 15 years old, I wouldn't be fucking killing him. He's having like, the mic
0: out. Just drop down.
1: Oh, this. yeah. The, yeah. No, no problem. No problem. So I, I, I think he's like he's definitely an adult. He's 19, 20, 21, something like that. But he's already coming into the situation Poorly, with poor optics and a poor reputation. He's at this bar in Kansas City with the, the world's worst entourage. It's like the entourage of the sibling. I can only really imagine the dregs of society rolling in this circle. And it's a tiny bar. You know, it's like the peanut barrel. And, and he's demanding a table for 10, 12, 14 people. Again, allegedly. <laughs> the peanut I don't want Patrick Mahomes' attorney to, you know. <laughs> uh, allegedly. Giving me, giving me a call. Yeah, I got to work in a wedge boy more. <laughs> But uh, no, he's demanding like this accommodation and the restaurant's like, look, we're a we're fucking mom and pop tiny ass bar. We don't have room for your 14 miscreants to sit down. And he went to social media and was like and apparently like not threatened, but told the manager who's nine in this accommodation, hey, like I got I have. X amount of hours. I'm going to bury you. And then he tried to, like, bury this little bar. And that was we, – we cut up parts of that statement. I don't even want to, like, read through all of it. I mean, the video um, viewers can – take it in, but they just crushed them. What's your take, DK, on just Jackson Mahomes, clickers-on siblings? Are you a Jackson Mahomes guy?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Do I look like one? I mean, that's that's an absolutely absurd...
1: I'm called an asshole. I'm called an asshole for the Kelly Stafford stuff. I'm sorry. I'm not talking about children here. These are adults, especially Kelly Stafford. I'm going to make fun of you if you're stupid. I don't care that you happen to be related. I'm not picking on the guy's son. Right? He's a, he's, a, he's a loser.
2: Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think there's any reason for us to like Jackson Holmes. But the, o- the only real takeaway I have here is uh, I really like the statement the bar put out. You don't really see companies. It's so great. That yeah. was sort of they the came second out point What I was
0: going to say yeah. was. They
2: came
1: out hard. You've got to yeah. push back on this shit because this influencer thing where, like, it, and it's been a thing a couple of times in different ways where the and companies are starting to call this shit out. I can't remember who it was, but this influencer, not a famous person, an influencer was writing this company. It was a hotel, I think. Hey, if you give me a free two-week stay or whatever and free room service every morning, I'll write a good review on my blog. And this, this hotel came out publicly and it just like, like, did a public response to her. Just like, you can pay like everybody else. We don't need your 47,000 followers. Like, I, I just, I hate the whole social media thing sucks. Kelly Stafford's throwing pretzels at people. She's apologizing every third every third week in the news for something. Jackson Mahomes at the come on apologize multiple times. I just it was not just Jackson Mahomes. The whole social media, uh, in, you know, influencer thing. Not my cup of tea. That's kind of where I was going, but. You, you like it. We all adjustment. live
0: off it, though. What <laughs> you were saying? What are
1: you, you live off it. We all you, live off the social media. I mean, we all
0: do. The whole no, 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 no. I'm not part of it. No. Are you saying about a component? Influencer.
1: I'm talking about a component of social media, not social media generally. The, the, the Jackson Mahomes of the world.
2: I would love to have a day job of just traveling to Fiji and posting pictures. So yeah, I'm envious of it. Instagram, but, just the Instagram couples right. that are out so you, there. Yeah. Okay, you like With Jackson a million followers. no, no, no. no, no. No, no, no. Yeah. It's great bodies since, and warm beaches. <laughs> I mean, since sunshine. since I am not able to be an influencer, <laughs> now I will you're say yes. MSU football
0: <laughs> influencer, what are you saying? You have the highest honor basically in the Michigan State. But yeah, yeah, that's true. Biggest that's
2: biggest true. perk I've gotten is free parking at the Kellogg. That's solid. That's, that's, yeah, <laughs> all right.
1: Get this guy. Is <laughs> I, I considered you a friend, but if you're gonna stay in here for this guy, uh, a couple Holmes. ice cream Holmes. cookies. For goodness' I, uh, sakes. Yeah, melting moments for you, man, and an honor of Colton Pouncey. Yeah. All right, we'll move on. I, I thought that would be more interesting than it was. <laughs> it was
0: definitely not. But try though. <laughs>
1: yeah. So well, yeah, that was a, a thought on the ground. So let's get back. To, <laughs> let's get back to more traditional sports. College football playoff. Ooh, this is this I don't is very straight. This this one can't be a total. Thud. Uh, Who wins is the is the the question. What do you think happens? Give me who's in the finals, who wins? Shoot Alabama,
2: Alabama, Georgia are in the final and Alabama wins. Um, obviously, that's chalk and chalk doesn't happen most of the time, but in the college football playoff, it kind of does. And what you've seen in the last few years is everyone likes expansion in theory and then you get to the playoff and suddenly you're like, ah, okay, these two semifinals were kind of blowouts and really there were just two better teams than the rest. But I do like expansion, so don't get me wrong, I'm not anti-expansion. But how much of the expansion do you want? You want want six, eight? eight? I want eight. I want three at large, and I want five auto bids. But the fifth auto bid should be not all, it's not shouldn't be all five power five conferences. It should be the four power five conferences. And then the lowest ranked power five champion Mm -hmm. would need to be higher than the highest ranked group of five champions. So what I mean so is, you want
0: to give a shot to the little guy.
2: Yeah, as long as they are better than the worst Power mm-hmm. Five champion, I want them to take the final auto bid. I gotcha. Okay. Yeah,
1: that's fair. I am anti-expansion. I'm in the that's fair, the that's I, fair. for for the reason. Can we all know? agree
0: that as long as Michigan loses, we're happy?
1: Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't care who wins the three. I mean, Cincinnati would be by far the funniest. <laughs> that's yeah. just not going to happen. Yeah. But
0: What's I mean, the score of that? Are they just going to destroy him? Because I haven't watched any since. I don't think it's like, going
2: to be as bad as people say. So I really, really like Cincinnati's defensive backfield. Not just because one of the dudes' names is Sauce Gardner and the other is Kobe Bryant. What? Sauce Gardner and Kobe S- Bryant? Sauce Gardner. I'm in. Yeah, and Cincinnati Kobe, by 10. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> So those are the two dudes. This is why we brought him in, to be able to give us this hard-hitting so, class yeah, right here. I not know
2: So Kobe Bryant was the Jim Thorpe winner, I believe, which is the best defensive back in college football. Sauce Gardner was AP All-America first team. So these are really good cornerbacks, not just just decent. And now you have Desmond Ritter, who's a really good quarterback, probably a day two, maybe day three NFL draft pick. And you have a lot of guys that play hard, and it's a good culture. I don't think to beat Alabama, I also don't even think that they cover But this is not going to be some 45 to three and everyone's talking about how dare Cincinnati be let in? no G5s ever again. Because let's be honest, there have been Notre Dame's and even Michigan State that has gone there and hasn't played very well. So this should not be an indictment on Cincinnati because better conferences have sent representatives and gotten blown out. So if they get blown out, I don't think it's an indictment, but I don't think they will get blown out. I do think they don't. Where does he go next? Where's Luke Fickle's next job? Luke Fickle messed up. Luke Fickle should have taken that Michigan State job when he had the chance. Now his only hope is that Ryan Day leaves Ohio State for the NFL. And I don't think that is happening. Luke Fickle's gonna be hitched to that Oklahoma, or he's gonna be hitched to the the wagon of carrying Cincinnati into the Big 12. Let's see how they do there. I do think the Big 12 is a fraud conference once those two teams leave. So he should be fine. He'll be able to win, but his only two jobs he was willing to take was Notre Dame, Ohio State and Notre Dame chose his protege over him after only one year as a P5 mm. defensive coordinator. Ohio State job, that's a young dude there, has kids in elementary school, might not want to leave just yet. And either we'll, his, we'll
0: see if he has another season and loses to Michigan, he might
1: be forced out sooner or later. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, I thought he was going to Notre Dame. I was surprised. I did by too. The, the I did thing.
2: too. So yeah. basically, either his wife is going to have to be okay with leaving the Midwest, and the next time a USC kind of job opens up, She'll have to be okay with that being a move for the family. Well,
1: she needs to play ball because she's the reason he's not in East Lansing right now. That is correct. That is correct. So, I mean, that, and that's not my reporting, but it's people that know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the people we, that, we talked
2: to the people yeah, that would know. Yeah. And they were, they it were was kinda, his wife. His it was not worked him.
0: out for everybody. Yep. Oh, There's well, no doubt about for, that. For the You're record,
1: right. we didn't dodge a bullet. Either door was great. That's true. Fickle's very good. I
0: didn't think that we were going to be able to go back and open door number two was my thing. That was the issue. I I didn't think they would be able to walk back through door number two. For sure. So once it's shut... And then they blew the other. Eye. I was just yes. like, what is going on? You yeah, know? that was, was like, oh, I got a call panicking. I mean, at least I was. I it was, I got co- a, it was no. an extreme panic. Yeah. No, I MSU got Twitter. Was it like the I did a video? Called Lovest East Lovest Lovest.
2: Lansing
1: is burning. It's still up. <laughs> it's, it's still up. Like, I, mean, I got yeah, a it's,
2: call it's on my way to East Lansing. I was driving from Macomb to East Lansing that day. Somebody said, Luke Fickle's out. And I just hung up, I looked at the tweet. You and he pulled he was over, staying. didn't you? I, I took the first exit, I was 20 minutes away from East Lansing. <laughs> I read. I watched the video of him saying he was staying. And I looked at the horizon, just parked there for like 10 minutes, I'm like, our football program is finished. I went to a school that's no longer gonna have a football program. <laughs> We're gonna hire Brett Bielmar or Chris oh Creighton, or Kate God. Mike Trestle. I was trying to talk myself into Jim
1: McElwain.
2: I was, I'm search
1: Darko State News McElwain. Yeah. I took a nine tweet thread, like, hey, it might work out. Yeah. Yeah, so called going he, to Mount Pleasant. Yeah. Shout out a Florida guy that was like,
3: always yeah, like is, yeah, I'm he, not the guy that was in the shark. picture. Right? Yeah. yeah, I still like like think yeah. he
2: was
1: the wide receiver coach for Harbaugh for Did one You ever year. see
0: that when he was like shirtless and like killed like a great
2: wide receiver? It something. was they not, I know, him. Him. but that's what it the whole thing That's him. what I think of when I think of him. No, but shout out to those guys. Shout out to Brian Masalam. Those guys, they were able to circle back. Brian, Brian basically brought that one home. Yeah, shout out Brian, Brian brings
0: everything home.
1: Uh, ben, how's our stream looking there? I'm looking choppy. It's
3: still up.
1: Okay, so still they're, up. they're still, still hearing solid. me sound beautiful. As long as, as long as they can still hear everything DK saying, we're good. <laughs> yeah, the fickle thing was fun. So we'll go to the next one. I teased it a little bit before. I cheated with you guys before the show. I'm not supposed to tease the speed round. Oh no, Bretton Jr., I think is the <laughs> single greatest member. He's going to be appreciative of this. He's the sure. he's the greatest. He's watching, you know it. He's the best. He's my favorite Michigan State fan. I I was trying to make a T-shirt in time for October 30th this year, and I couldn't turn it around. I had the idea on like the 27th. I I, just, I didn't have the idea in time. But you could make a thousand T-shirts off this guy's tweets, and we pulled this one. You could have pulled a million
0: with <laughs> the eyes, with of, the the
1: eyes of the world on him. Coach Mel Tucker just delivered the single greatest press conference in the history of college football. Truly a moment in time that will never be forgotten. On July 23rd, Wait, what, was, July what 23rd? was going on? There's, it's not in season. It's not the spring game. What could have possibly Was It It wasn't Big Ten Media yeah. Day in July, was it? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I, yeah, he
0: what, says what, it right in the title, what? MSU Chief of propaganda, right there. <laughs> Pretty <laughs> neutral, dude.
1: He's pretty neutral. He had a lot. He uh, he's Kent one of Houser. us, so that's the best part.
0: And he doesn't have to pretend to be anything that he isn't, right? Yeah. He just gets oh, to he's be the best. He's, his best
2: I, self. But Michigan fans that interact with him forget like, what his objective is and they get mad at him. Like, dude, Actual journalists will tweet back and forth at this oh dude and be God. like, You don't get it. If the guy Nick like, Baumgartner
1: and him were
0: getting into it earlier today, today right? before we got Why
2: would here? you fight with
1: Odell Brenham? He's know. undefeated. I you can't know. you can't beat somebody saying things like that. No. He's
0: like our three-year letterman. He's the, <laughs> he's the propaganda. What are you he's trying to
2: a, rail against that? He's, he's the best. You know he got a Mel Tucker follow recently? Yes. Did yeah. he? Yep. Yes. That's a, yes. Well, you're, you're on, on, on that, that list. That's, that's the best guy. feather on that, that list. Camp? I am on yeah, that list. You know, the, s- the story behind that is pretty interesting. For you or for him? No, no, no. For when I got the Mel Tucker follow. Yeah. So, it was my first interaction with with Coach Tucker, and uh, me and uh, my colleague Corey Robinson, we were at the Ferris State uh, camp. It was uh, the first time I've seen Mal Tucker in person. Um, we're just talking to Tucker, and uh, Corey goes, like, yeah,, I think you're familiar with my work coach. Uh, you follow me on Twitter, and I just I just randomly go, yeah, I haven't made it to that level yet. Fast forward like forty five minutes, Corey and I are just standing in line buying cookies. Coach Tuck comes up, he goes, Hey, what's your Twitter, my man? We gotta fix this mistake. And then, <laughs> and then uh, that's that's kind of how that started. But, He's the ooh. man. Tucker's Tucker's so much funnier. Like when the cameras are not on and like he doesn't have to be like as professional. Yeah, that's 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 a funny dude right there. He's very buttoned up.
1: O- Odell had a funny tweet today. The, the like the Peach Bowl official account tweeted out like, "Hey, if you're coming to the Peach Bowl, like half off tickets at the aquarium or whatever." <laughs> it's like a picture of a shark in, in an aquarium. And Odell's response is like, Oh yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see some Michigan State fans in the aquarium getting ready in meditation, <laughs> ready for the game or something. It's just like everything is like, so absurd. He's the funniest account, like maybe I, I that I follow, but certainly the Michigan State. He's my favorite, so you I put I him just, on the
0: Mount Rushmore. You did it right. Yeah, yeah he ha- oh he's he like, has yeah, and
1: he's like whatever number. He's my number one. He's yeah. my favorite. So I had I just had to work him. in. I figured you guys were fans, but we've never talked about that. Big fan. I'd like to meet him in person. Have you?
0: Uh yeah, here. He, yeah, he was the, he, came, well, he came he yeah. came to the Jalen event that you boycotted.
3: Oh, yeah. I didn't
1: boycott. Yeah. Oh, he, he didn't know, even man. want to I be in the same you, state. Suddenly <laughs> he had plans, right? You, you and she and <laughs> he, he we're in this group <laughs> chat. I'm not not the one that you're in. Apparently I'm not cool enough for that one. But we're in this group chat. And him and she are like, oh, it sounds great, man. We're in. I'm throwing dates. Yeah, yeah, we're in. I said maybe the whole time way through. No, well, no
0: I'm, I'm a soft commit until I can confirm hard. and that You're so,
1: You're always soft commit on everything. Everyone's a soft but,
0: commit according I'm to right Graham Couch. Here. Uh, yeah, right. Right, <laughs> right here. Grand I had to Couch. wrangle you for this event. Uh, 100%. So, this? this? Yes. What we're
1: doing right now? What we're doing right you now? I said, when are we going to do it
0: again? I said, when are we going to do it? I had this to was ask not you. This so was
1: Cornholio interview. on Twitter. Cornholio9 was like, hey, when are you having those guys back? I'm like, oh, how about
2: at the same time? Good point. It's been a while that since I've had a Babs, chance to be back. That was bad. Like, like once a year.
1: I, I look, I, I get a lot once of messages from people. You I and mean, your bar is great. There's I, no doubt about that. That's why you're here. I got a message a couple weeks ago. This is going to make me gonna ask, so I'm going to get in trouble. But this guy is a nice guy. I'm not going to name him, but he said, Hey, I'm a fan of your show. I want to come in and do an hour on what I'm doing with um some technology he's developing for blind athletes. He wanted mm, an hour. That's kinda cool. It sounds interesting, but I just it's not I wouldn't know what to do. What the fuck would you he, do with it for yeah for an hour? And yeah. I told him, I said, honestly, like if you want to do like a segment or something, like a feature thing, that'd be cool. Like it's a cool thing. But he said, like, no, I I I got I need like at least an hour. Yeah.
2: And, like I that's like a sixty no, minutes. That's it. like a sixty minutes type of vibe. It's but, not right. It's yeah. not really me. I'm too silly for that. Yeah. But
1: it's <laughs> like I, I just don't I but Point being, I get some weird inquiries to do mm-hmm. the show, but whatever. Anyway, but you guys, you guys are multi timers. I don't hear this one. Finally,
2: today we've become multi timers. No, he, this, this is, is his three. Third. This is my third. Uh, yeah, yeah must, so, must be nice. Yeah. Well, Chris, Chris so.
1: Castellani has the record. Tony Paul is trailing by one. Castellani's done it four times. So what, let's mm-hmm. move on.
0: Wow. So I didn't know I was up in the rankings. Oh,
1: you're, yeah. You're up. Wait, tied for a <laughs> second. I'm sure my follower
0: count will drop because of it. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, <laughs> people are very, the amount of times DK's texting me, sure you want to see what you just said, bro? Like, that's <laughs> DK's texting me at a he's drunk at a wedding. Like, dude, what are you doing? Like, you've shown so much personal growth over the last year. Look, take it down, delete it. I, like, I probably did.
0: I but. hope people stick through the end of the episode here just to get this. Uh, I think <laughs> it was, I think it was a Keith Appling
1: joke. I think, I can't remember. Oh, geez. You, you, oh,
0: it was terrible. Yeah, that one was terrible. You criticized me so many oh. times. Look, I I'm just, just looking out for you. That's all i know, <laughs> oh,
1: No, you're a good friend. I appreciate it. Let's oh, move on. Michigan State basketball, we talked about a lot. The sleeping giant. I have Sutton Is that there. Sutton? Is- now, now Sutan was a starter, but what he did in that O nine 9 tournament being the most valuable player of the regional, yeah. that was out of nowhere. And it doesn't have to be a starter that's going to play up. But is there somebody on Michigan State's basketball team that we didn't even mention today that's barely playing now or, or isn't playing at all that you think I don't know, come March, we might hear from them. And the answer may be no, but is there somebody on that team that you think hasn't really been heard from yet, but will be heard from in a large way or at least a meaningful way before the season's done?
0: The answer to that's no, because I think the rotation actually has been
1: like almost spot on.
0: So no if we looked at that. last year so not Steven and, the, as well? and the way that the no. rotation worked <laughs> yeah. out, it was borderline brutal, and I think this year they've really – They've played the guys that they need to for the most part. So I'll say no to that because we've kind of seen glimpses because I think Malik Hall is the closest guy. that could maybe be like a takeover game guy. and We've seen it like two or three times this season. So I'll say no. I will say that uh, Goran Sutan's brother taught me tennis at Michigan State. I played that for a one credit class. And so I appreciate that. Uh, Little thing right there. I
1: love Sutan. So that, yeah. that was my guy. His brother I,
0: taught me tennis. I think I won the doubles. I think I won the doubles that's match. My when Bosnian I played it.
1: man. He, he got shit because I was. I mean, I was there. We're the same age. We're probably there at the same time when he was there. I got shit on by my friend group for liking him for four years. Like it was. I yeah three years anyway. I, they fucking hated me for even liking him, and I always defended him. So when he popped off against Kansas and Louisville in that regional, shot
0: by, like what thirty eight or forty percent
1: from deep. He was you know, draining he was threes. And by the way, pull up the UNC. Can we get box a couple squad. more
0: international players every once in a while? I I'm See in for that. it. But
1: he was good in the UNC game. He was the only one that played well in the in the final. Even in the final, he played well. I'm a big Suton guy, so that was a victory lap for me. I've had plenty of that. I, I was
2: only 10 when that happened, so I haven't Yeah, yeah
1: You're probably shitting your pants still in <laughs> pampers, but yeah, yeah, I'm old. But anyway, so I we, no, no sleeping giant for you, uh, Justin. You don't No, see not
2: not unless Dwayne Stevens has eligibility left and plays the low post. There, there's nobody left. I but, mean, I guess Jay
0: know, Nakins is averaging five points a game, so if but you want
1: to see that does doesn't game, mean anyway, a guy that, that hasn't yeah. played at all. It could be. Someone averaging you, five points a game that averages fifteen in the regional.
2: I think Aikens okay, can do that. Even but Travis Aikens, Walton Jaden was an Aikens answer for a answer game for against USC. But you know, know what right? happens when you bank two scholarships? You don't oh, have yeah, you don't have up. as much stuff. Okay, yeah. can I say this? I'll just I will have a
0: counterpoint, and I've argued with this about just with Justin a couple times. Last year, the rotation was so deep it was embarrassing, and he didn't know what to do with it. <laughs> And he's playing Josh and Rocket and Gabe Brown should have played way more than he did. Yeah. This year he's playing two wings almost 30 minutes. Aigans is mixing in. Like the rotation is tighter because they have only, you know, X amount of guys on the scholarship. So I think in the long run, yes, I would like a guy like Daryl Morcel, who's done very well at Marquette and was available possibly to be on this roster. And maybe you have a little bit more scoring punch. And so if Christy Falters like he has in the beginning part of this season, you have another option to go to. But I would say long term, if everybody stays healthy, I think that this was the all around best case for this because he's tightened the rotation as a result. And we've seen the fruits of that. So,
2: see, the thing is, is you can get guys that are scholarship players on the portal and still have the same rotation you have now. Just don't get good ones, just get ones that are decent. <laughs> Because here's the there thing. You go. There you Here, go. Here's the why thing. Why that? I'm curious for this. So, so, so why not get, <laughs> I don't know, the second best guy in Belmont last year and have him as like the 11th guy on your bench and say Gabe Brown twists an ankle and he's out for three weeks and Malik Hall is going through a slump and you have foul trouble with Christy. Like, why not have a dude that played 27 minutes of Division I basketball last year that you can turn to? who won't be coming here with high expectations and won't be a locker room cancer and won't give you chemistry issues. Like there are teams around the nation that have guys on scholarship that don't play, or they play two or three minutes a game. You don't have to have everyone you get in the portal, be an impact player type of dude. Like you saw Mel Tucker go ahead and get Kendall Brooks in the portal who, I don't know if he played a single snap this year. You have redshirt freshmen coming in that aren't playing like my way of looking at it is the NCAA gives you 13 scholarships. Why would you say we don't want these two? You can just get guy. I know, I know why he didn't use them. He's worried about a culture problem. He's worried about having guys that will come in and take issue with not playing. But you bring in guys that wouldn't expect to play but would be happy to be at Michigan State. Just a little better than the two walk-ons he brought in that played in-state. So just that sort of an expectation from their end. I think Whitens would have above. played had he not got Yeah, injured. just get somebody so, a little better yeah, than Whitens. I, mean, right, so I, I, mean, I don't yourself. necessarily
0: disagree with the philosophy because um, I think if you're looking at the way that Michigan State basketball has recruited, it could be better. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I, I actually like that Mel Tucker has come in and, you know, process some kids and shown that you can go out and grab a couple kids in the portal. And Izzo has always been very vocal that he doesn't like the portal, whatever. The reason why Michigan state is going to be good this year is because you went out and got a transfer portal point guard. So as much as you want to say it, every press conference when nobody ever says anything about it and you're answering a question that nobody's asking, just accept the fact that this is the way that this is going to be. And I get that you're old school and you want to develop your own guys, all the rest of it. The reason why Michigan State's going to be decent this year is cuz he went out and grabbed a transfer portal point guard because he didn't have one on the roster last year. So he does need to be a little bit rain some of that back, just at least vocally. He's never going to do it. It's just the way that he is, but I I would like to see him be a little bit more conscious of the fact that the, the landscape is changing if you want to cut down the nets again in the next 3-4 years for however long he's there. He's Got to just adapt to the new ways. Yeah.
2: You don't so have too. to be Chris Beard. You do not have to change the way that you build a roster for Timezo. Your concerns about culture issues, if you ruffle feathers and you make waves and get impact players through the portal are valid. But not everyone you get through the portal has to be one of those dudes.
1: Yeah, and that's fine. It, it can be someone that you bring in that with a veteran as a veteran. It doesn't have to play at all. It can be a Ben Carter who never in a million years would play in a big spot.
2: Right. (laughs) Right. No, had never happened. Yeah.
1: Okay. So moving on. So uh, Michigan State basketball, man, just get Justin going. I love it, man. It's it's the best. (laughs) I transition to this Mitch Album's Michigan State paranoia. Now, I don't know if you guys read Mitch Album's article. Even if you have, many of the audience may not have. So the crux of the article Mitch Album came out with, uh, right in the immediate aftermath of the Mel Tucker extension being announced, was essentially this is bad. It's a bad thing mm-hmm. because you are now in bed with Matt Ishbia, St. Andre, potentially Gilbert down the road. Because theoretically, I talked about this on the with my show a few weeks ago. Theoretically, in Album's world, Ishbia is going to be on his couch in Paraguay or wherever he has his seventh house. And he's going to be watching the second quarter, and he's going to see some play-action call he doesn't like, and he's going to call into the Michigan State locker room at halftime and tell Mel Tucker to run more misdirection or whatever. That's an asinine position, in my view. Album has genuine concern that now you're in bed, you've taken their money, they're going to have... uh, Some poll now and be exerting their will and influence and dictating effectively de facto running the football program and maybe the athletic department generally. I thought it was bullshit. I mean, is there any validity? walk
0: on guy that preaches about how Izzo taught him everything that he knows and taught him hard work ethic and X, Y, Z is going to be the guy pulling the strings for Michigan State football. Like, I get that now he's a billionaire and it just changes the whole perspective, but ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous.
2: I thought it was a
1: ridiculous article.
2: You know why I was so confident Mel Tucker was going to stay before everyone else was kind of relaxed about the LSU rumors? Mel Tucker sees the infrastructure in place at Michigan State He's been around the block. He knows exactly what successful infrastructures look like. LSU, Texas, they're not one of those. The reason Michigan State is different, and this is Alabama deserves credit for this as well, maybe it's because it's Nick Saban and there's no other way it would work, and he's the presence that commands it, but successful programs with su- sustained success have donors that back the program and try not to run it. And Michigan State is the quintessential example of that. Matt Ishbia, Steve St. Andre, who funded this entire $95 million, these guys are not looking to script the first drive of a game. These guys are not telling Mel Tucker who to hire as his 10th assistant. These are guys that are saying, Mel, you let us know what you need. Here's your extension. Here's your facility uh, check. Here's your staff pool. You put Michigan State on the map. You go ahead and build us something that we can root for and have success with. Mel Tucker has known that since the day he arrived, and that is not a situation Mel Tucker ever wanted to leave. That I knew before any contract talk was even out there, before I even knew any money was there. So any talk about these two guys running the program is just not true. And Mel Tucker wouldn't have signed this deal had that been true because infrastructure was the number one thing he was prioritizing for his long term home.
1: And he was going to get paid whether it was here or elsewhere. Anyway. Right. So yeah. So he's going to make a smart choice. He had options. Yeah. That's how I could
2: go that. on like a two hour rant about how anyone <laughs> complaining about the money aspect is just wrong. But sticking on top, there's
1: plenty of ammunition there. That, yeah. But this is what you get when you have somebody like Mitch Album who doesn't pay attention to anything and he
2: comes down from the mount. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I, I don't know who that is. I've heard the name Mitch a Album. Times. Oh, no. Wow. I, I've, heard, I've heard the name you're four or five you're a times. Guy. <laughs> Mitch <laughs> Album? Really? Okay. Well, wait. he hasn't been
0: great lately, though. What are you going to say about it? I don't know. I, okay. Well, there's
1: a lot of people that haven't been great that I, mean, that I know, right? I, I don't. Know. That's, I mean, you're from out of state already. Right? Your your roots, your family, your blood is Philly blood. So that is yeah. The, I mean, most of the, yeah. I, the most of
2: the sports coverage I used to read is is out of state. Yeah, but in in recent times, I don't yeah. think he's been someone that I've.
1: Well, okay, he just just take my word for it. He's he used to be a big deal, and now he pops his head up uh, once every five six months. If and that's, not a good article, for if him, that's you know, what he's writing, yeah, that was a loss for him. Yeah, that was bad. I mean, it's just out of touch. I mean, there's 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 times that you can differ on something or have a different perspective. That's just someone who doesn't know what they're talking about. Right. Like, this is not like a oh differing minds. Smart yeah. People can disagree. Right. Like, like you just don't know the dynamic. Yeah.
2: Like like he knows. Like he if you read Mel Tucker's statement. It's obvious who got this contract together. It was Brian Massalem, it was Jason Strayhorn. Call one of those two guys, ask for, hey, what's the dynamics at play? What kind of donors are HBN and St. Andre? Like, do some research. Yeah. Like, before writing, I'm kind
1: of like, well, you're asking a lot. So we'll finish here. The last one, this will be very, very straightforward, much cleaner, I think, than the Jackson Holmes one, which was a mess. Izzo wins three national titles or Tucker wins one. Now, to clarify, Izzo wins two more. For a total of three, because he's already got one. If if God himself comes down, if
0: this isn't a very good question, he should have said two to one, and then you think maybe we'd have had a debate.
1: It is two to one.
0: He said Izzo wins two more. Izzo already has one. I'm saying if they won one to one, you the better question that's the better question obviously.
1: That's not interesting. Better what you said. The football 100%. If, if I asked, if I did a Twitter poll right now, yeah. would you rather have Izzo win his second or Tucker win his first? Oh, it's it's going to be, you say win it? Wait, no, it's, it's a, a, wait, wait, the possibility wait, wait, wait. Is it a of it. Would or you rather? Or is it, would or is it, you it rather? what's more likely? No, So no, would you rather. It's no, a uh, bad I, question. It, I didn't bad even question. get it out of my no, mouth and you're yeah, jumping bad. in. No. If God himself. It was not, didn't down. say
0: would you yeah, rather. It says Izzo wins two. Okay, don't just read the graphics. Whatever. All right. All right. Because this is, let's see. the camera. Well, I guess we'll let him. The tape will say, we almost the interrupter the <laughs>
1: tape will say you interrupted. God himself pulls you aside and says, look, you know, you're, you're, you're David Klein. You've been a good boy this year. I'm going to give you your wish. Tom, f- we know what happened in 2000. From right now, Tom Izzo wins two more national titles or Mel Tucker and the Michigan State football program Gets one. What's what, what do you take? I would take one
0: national title in addition for Tom Izzo. In the next 10 years, I would just sleep on a bed of that's the basketball promises. bias. I don't
1: know what maybe it's the basketball. It would bias. cement the legacy,
0: it would put him in a position where he'd be infallible as one of the top 10 coaches of all time. I still think he needs it. it. I think he needs it. And I, I think do think th- that he, he needs, needs it, it and he yeah. knows that he needs it. It's the Moby yeah. Dickens, the white whale that he's hunting and. So we'll see. The window has opened a little earlier than I thought. And it's I don't know if it's this year, but in the next two to three years, that window has opened a little bit and he's got to figure it out.
1: That might be it. Three years, three, two, four years. It seems two, right. maybe.
0: I think you get Christie for two, so I think it's
1: two years. Well, I mean, Izzo before he retires, they, they got to get Bingham back Oates if they want to make a run, though. But yes, yeah. yeah. So okay, you're 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 going with the uh, the one more. That was not
0: even. It wasn't even close. Are oh, the to two. Two, two, two. Yeah. me two <laughs> national
1: championships for Tom Izzo or oh, one for You laugh. If I did that Twitter poll yeah, right now, it's going to be it's going to be a 50 fifty. Well, they haven't seen it in their lifetime. They even seen it, and they, a lot of them have seen Izzo. Right. I mean, maybe right. not Justin. Here's he, he's, he's rubbing his not face. Not Here's, the Here's the thing. Here's the thing. To
2: one. Here's two to the thing. One. People he's, are. Crazy he's, about an, he's thinking he's a about it. He's football guy. He's not so, even thinking about it. It's probably Mel for him. It's okay. So Tom Izzo, <laughs> he needs another one, like you guys are saying. Uh, he needs to. Jay Wright has two titles, and Jay Wright has like a first weekend exit, like what seven of the last eleven years, like yeah. So you got you Izzo you needs can't to. be up there with it's Kevin Ollie. Like, Izzo's tied with yeah. Kevin Ali. Like, so fuck. so you <sighs> Izzo needs a second. And not so not because not is. because I think that Izzo needs a second for him to be legitimized to me. I know who Izzo is, I know what Izzo is. But his eight final fours for some reason are devalued because he doesn't have two. So, yes, needs I bet Michigan
1: would have liked one of those last year. (laughs) And I don't mean needs at this table. I mean needs in terms of the perception of legacy.
2: But now you got to think about what would it do for Michigan State basketball if he wins another or another two versus (laughs) –
0: He even said it like the most
2: ridiculous, another two. Yeah, if you're giving me two more for Izzo, I'm probably taking that. But so if you look at what it'll do for that program and what another one will do for Tucker, I'm sorry, for the football program, what would winning another title for MSU basketball mean if Izzo retires the year after it happens? You still need to hit on your next hire. You still need to have like this would be more for Izzo's legacy. However, if Tucker wins a national title, which Michigan State hasn't done in the lives of their current recruits and their parents, you will have a football, you'll have an athletic department that has reached brand new heights. You will have a school that'll have applications coming in even more on a national scale than you have now. You'll have a football program that will be able to bring in more revenue for the basketball program when they'll need it with another head coach. I just think the Michigan State brand would benefit more from another football national title than another basketball See, national it's title. It's not
0: wrong, but I wouldn't trade it. But, I wouldn't
1: I would I'm, I yeah.
2: would take Wouldn't the football trade one. It. I, you, so you're the, like, yeah. It's such
0: a
1: ridiculous yeah. question. You said
0: two to one. It, two yeah. to one was a ridiculous question. If you said one to one, it'd I'm be a real debate. i two to one, and I'll take yeah. the one football. Here, oh, you would take
1: one football over two national. titles. If Izzo
0: somehow ripped off two national I titles before he retired. I would I have you're seen You're insane. I have seen you are it. Yeah, I have seen Here, it. Yeah. I've seen it. Wow. Here's the, here's yeah. You've seen it 21 years ago. Twenty-one I'm years ago,
1: I it. the concept—the concept of Michigan State You're basketball crazy. winning another At national Michigan national State title, won. It's been very out If there. you
0: won A long two in the next, say, five years before he retires. He will go down as a maybe what top five or six coach of all time. Like,
1: like, well, no, come on. I mean, uh, Dean Smith and Coach K and Wooden like he would be a
0: top five. He'd be a top five coach of all time to be able to do it. Got to be top four. To be right in there, you'd have to think about it. Wooden's
1: never. Yeah, Wooden's one. Wooden K Roy Williams Izzo. I mean, you'd have to put Izzo above three. That'd be three national titles, and let's just
0: win one. If he wins one. I'm just I'm going to be so happy. Yeah, about here's that. the thing. It's Here I, it's a, what, pers- you can one, one sentence You are asking the wrong guy. So I don't know what you What me. one
2: sentence summary? I would It'll, trade
0: I would trade one national title in the next 5 years for like one in 10 seasons of football, one in whatever, one in 11 seasons for football for the next 10 years. Like the my Opinion on yeah. that would be completely biased. So you're yeah. you're asking the wrong guy. If I yeah. put
1: that on Twitter, I think I'd get fifty. Of yeah. course, it'd probably be more football. 45-55, you know, right. somewhere yeah. in there. It'd be, yeah. it'd if be you put two, two to right. one, which is a ridiculous thing, then that's yeah. what I'm saying. Two to one. That was the question. So.
2: Yeah, I just think a Michigan State basketball program has reached heights that is sustained. That everybody knows it's at a certain point. So more national titles for Izzo would be more for him than for football titles for Michigan State and Mel Tucker because that program hasn't had that success. It would
0: probably mean more for the universities. Not wrong about that, but I care more about the personal legacy of Izzo on the way out of his career than I do about what eventually happened. Because I think that, honestly, I think Mel Tucker can get there anyway. So I don't need I don't. You you don't need dad to come in. No, I don't need dad to come in. I just want to. My license plate is T
1: M Izzo. It's that like an anti Izzo? No, I'm not saying. It's but an I just. Yeah, you, you got so two defensive. To it, two to one.
0: Two to one. He's so mad. ridiculous. It, 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 ridiculous. I, look,
1: I thought Justin Rogers was mean to me on my show. You guys. Are <laughs> two number to one. one. You know, Justin's been nice. <laughs> if if Tom Izzo
0: wins two national titles in the next five years. Mel Tucker wins
1: one. What would you rather take? Put am to be on my couch with my arms folded, telling my therapist. Tom Mean you were
0: two national titles <laughs> in the next 5 years then you can put a tattoo of whatever you want on any part of my All body right. how about
1: that I where's my trainer to throw in the white towel I'm getting beat up <laughs> I got to end the fight so we're going to wrap it man we we ran long I appreciate you guys I enjoyed the conversation even when you guys were mean and uh, it will be tough for me to get over, but I'll get there. I'll get there somehow.
2: Another nine months before I'm
1: invited back. Yeah. Well, no, you're
2: you were okay.
1: You know, it's, 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 it's this guy. I mean, I thought the baking guys were mean. It's just, the botanist. It wasn't me. <laughs> the, the botanist turned you evil. So I it was a great conversation. The Michigan State basketball stuff in particular was great. I know that you really like this team stealing. I still don't know what to think, and I know you don't want to tell me what you think. I don't so know what to tell you. Give me. Fine. Come oh. bring me
0: in in the heart of conference. I'm April second.
1: April second, yeah. I'm
0: saying yeah. we'll be Bring me in in, we'll in
1: February. February. <laughs> that's the Bring point. In that was February. the point of the, the, the comment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to wait to the Elite Eight to see if this is a <laughs> oh, Final Four team. So yeah. Anyways, that that's that. Uh, you guys are the best, man. You guys are, are the best in your space for sure. Um, unpleasant trees from this one aside, uh, you know, big fan of both years, and I think for Michigan State basketball. Can't beat what you do, DK. Honestly, appreciate you. I honestly don't think it's even close. No, yeah. uh, gotta not,
2: check out DK's work.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're you're the best. Spartanhoops.com. I got a hit from an email that my card was declined, uh, not because of insufficient funds, but my card expired. I got to
2: renew. My nah, membership it was because he missed on that Memphis uh, Alabama. Bet. <laughs> no, it's. Uh, uh,
1: oh, that's. I've had. I've had to move His some wife finances. Canceled all the credit cards. <laughs> I've, I've had. to move some finances around. My wife has said eighty five hundred dollars to DraftKings. What the fuck was that? Well, I thought Bama looked pretty good, honey. I'm making up the number. He's out on Nate <laughs> He's out yeah. on Nato's. Yeah, Ben, cut the feed. <laughs> Get me the fuck out. So, uh, yeah, you know we have uh, some good stuff playing for next week. The date's not locked in. I'm not going to lock in the guest publicly yet. It's looking pretty good. Even Ben doesn't know. This will mm, be an interesting mystery. Mm, It is mystery. The only hint I'll give has nothing to do with Michigan athletics. I am pretending they don't exist. The basketball team I'm going to enjoy because I'm enjoying what they're doing. The football team I'm going to pretend doesn't exist. You know, Go Bulldogs. Hope it works out. Uh, ben Augusta, man, great job by you as always. Eric Williamson and his boxers on his couch. Uh, Justin Thind and, and uh, David Klein, DK. Like I said, best of what you guys do. Big fans of yours. Uh, we were uh, you know, certainly friends maybe at this point, but I was a fan before I was a friend. And keep up the great work both of you guys are doing, seriously. Thanks for having appreciate us. Appreciate you. A lot of really fun. Do. A lot yeah, of it's a fun. blast Justin. as always. So good to meet you. Yeah, yeah, you, do yeah, do you, do. Yeah. you guys you guys are <laughs> going to be best friends. Romance. Honestly, it's another group chat I won't be invited to, so look forward <laughs> to that one. So thank you, guys. Uh, Spiro Avenue Show, Justin Spiro. Stay tuned. A lot of good stuff coming. Look forward to it. Uh, it's all of you guys, so uh, you guys keep the lights on. We appreciate it. Thanks. Spiro Avenue. We'll see you next week.